tell you guys i don't care if they stole it they fucking sound great okay thank you guys for joining us another episode of an earful in the emerald city thank you guys for being here we appreciate it like always good to see you guys glad you're back Uh, you know we thought maybe we lost you last week who knows it got a little crazy but thank you for being here uh got a very very special episode yeah i know you say that every time jackass um no i do have a very special episode for you guys today though uh in studio i got i guess the first family member i've had on the show somebody not a blood relation not a blood relation but um you know in law they signed the paperwork it's all official so uh my cousin is in house with me though very smart guy very funny guy seth clemens in the house you guys we went a little long, you know, we did almost two hours and we did another 25 after we stopped recording. So, uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, we, we've been trying to avoid the politics or not beat you guys down with it at least, but me and him got in there pretty thick on it. So, uh, be prepared for that. But, uh, hope you guys enjoy my conversation with my cousin Seth Clements. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. You know, and it's funny because I went out to a bar last night, and uh, you know, there's there's some ladies out, there's yeah. people doing their thing, whatever. It's just like even even if you do make an impression on somebody, it's like you still don't have great odds. This is like this is just chaos. This entire room, everything that's going on in here, this is just like an organized form of chaos, basically. And that's why there's like three security guards who are on patrol and making sure everybody because it's just madness, you know. You you have basically no idea. Most of the connections, you're like, you didn't have a chance from the beginning. It's not like you had a, like a good chance and you had to see if it just was destroyed or not. She she already came in. She's yeah. There was like four f- different factors that were just completely working against you, and you know, uh, there there was no way in hell you were going to make it happen. But see, this problem is my lack of technical know how when it came, and, and my lack of um, you know being a productive. A dating member <laughs> like what would coalesce yeah that i wouldn't know the difference i'd be like well i don't know is craigslist craigslist a pretty good place to meet women is that, is that i've been working on my it? craigslist profile yeah <laughs> it's, it's good to have one for any for rough times you know okay. for a rainy day <laughs> casual encounter section no. it's good no that's I put it uh, under free i don't 
<laughs> start, like, start low and you know create a bidding war. Yeah, and I'll say like, hey, I just put me by the side of the road, so it's just first come, first come. No, no calls, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you. Do, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do not contact me. Just show up at this place. If it's still there, it's yours. And if it's not, oh. sorry, you were too late. I've learned a lot of things about selling stuff on Craigslist recently. That uh, um, I'm kind of a pro now at knowing some of the things not to do on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. So I had to. Uh, we were selling an old minivan. Right. So like this is great, great item to be selling on Craigslist. Yeah. It's it was like 12 year old minivan, completely beat up. You know, scratches, dents. You know, barely holding together. So I go and I look up, and it's like um, 2,500 bucks is like the cheapest ver- you know version of this minivan. And I go, okay, all right. I don't want to deal with the nonsense. So I'm like, all right. So I'm going to put it on for two grand because I just I just want it to go. Yeah. Fire sale. Yeah. Problem is, you don't want to be the lowest <laughs> minivan. <laughs> On Craigslist, <laughs> I guess this is probably related to dating. <laughs> you don't want to be the cheapest one on this site because the only people I got who called, you know, they'd show up and they um, first guy, he, you know, he's from Microsoft, like a Microsoft guy looking in a $2,000 minivan and he'd walk around and be like, okay, it's from scratches. There's dents on the side. I see the wheels are at only uh, 50%. And uh, he goes, well, you know, it probably cost me about 1200 bucks to, you know, get this all fixed up. So I'll give you $800. I was like, this is a 12-year-old minivan. <laughs> like you, you, you're going to spend tw- you're going to go spend $1200 to get the scratches and dents out of a 12-year-old yeah. minivan. Yeah. yeah. I'm like no, no, get out of here. Go. You get this thing repainted? Yeah. No. Two weeks of this. Two weeks. That's all I got. And then eventually I people would call about it and I'd be like, "You know what? If you're going to come over here and offer me $1000, don't even bother." He's like, "No, no, I won't do that. I won't do that." Uh-huh. Guy drives over and he goes, "I'll give you $1000." <laughs> and I'm like, "Are you serious?" And he goes, thousand dollars cash like well what did you think i was gonna accept yeah i don't right you're gonna write me a check yeah we're gonna trade barter stuff like you were bringing goats and chickens or i don't i don't understand how this works so i i was so frustrated i, I went back i went you know screw it so i took it off craigslist and an hour later i put it back on for three thousand dollars increased it by a thousand bucks someone called in 15 minutes they came and offered me twenty seven hundred dollars and i sold the minivan <laughs> really 20 minutes later really wow. so don't ever be the cheapest car on that's, craigslist that's a go. good mo- that's pro a tip good, wow yeah there you go god there is so much fucking riffraff on craigslist i mean I, I love craigslist don't get me wrong it's a very valuable website i think there's a lot of good things you can do but fucking the bottom of the barrel like you said you got to deal with sometimes it's insane I was I had a I had a speaker I was trying to get rid of I was like just a couple of things you know I'm like eh I just I just I'm not using it I just want them gone whatever yeah it's it's worth something you know it's not worth a lot but it's worth something so I have it I have it posted up for like fifteen bucks on Craigslist you know fifteen dollars and like you said some of the people you get this guy's he's emailing me back and forth and it's like dude. It's a fifteen dollars speaker. Okay, this should be one. There should be one interaction for this transaction to happen. Do you have it still? Yes, I have it still. Okay, when can I meet you to get it? Like, like that. That's that's it. That's all we need here. You know, fifteen dollars speaker. He's calling me, going back and forth. It gets to the point where the guy is wants to know if I'm maybe willing to trade for any of his <laughs> bootlegged DVDs. So he went to the theater and shot a bunch of movies and has copies of them. And now he wants to barter those for my speaker. I'm like, I'm like, bro, 
<laughs> if you listen, you, if you don't have the fifteen bucks, then you, clearly you can't afford the speaker. Okay, yeah. I don't want your fucking shit. I'm trying to get rid of my own shit here. I'm not t- trying to take on more of your shit. Are like, these like homemade DVDs? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think he shot them in the theater. He's like, yeah, the uh, quality is pretty good, though. You know, for the most part, uh, it's better. I thought you meant like him and his lady friend. You know, or, like, <laughs> shooting oh, homemade well, DVDs. You know, I'm like, we, hey, you know, I'll do some bartering here. Then for we might have been able to talk. You know, if I had a headshot ever, we might have been able to talk, but. <laughs> just like dude like how much work do you want to put into like i'm like we've had five back and forth now man i, I can't put this much time into a 15 dollars speaker like I'm, I'm already over invested here this is, this is starting to cost me more you know? well there's there's one guarantee you can get on craigslist when the person calls who goes hey do you still have it and you're like yes don't sell it i'm on my way over now well that guarantee is that they will never show up <laughs> that's the only guarantee I've ever learned on Craigslist is for the that's person who goes I'm on my way right now your guarantee is that they will never show up see that's I, I, I totally see that but I am that guy you know if I can if I know I'm going to get something if I, if I catch it because when it comes to like cars on there like there's yeah. good deals but you got to be on that shit otherwise it's gone in an hour I don't I don't reserve ever anymore though now I'm just like well, if you're on your way right now, well, then you'll probably be the first one. <laughs> I'm not making any guarantees. Because every it. time I say yes, you, you don't show up. Yeah, I, I no. assume there's just one guy who just, just calls every single ad and just says that. I'm yeah. Not, yeah. It's just probably goes, like his shtick or just something. Just go down the line and then maybe eventually one time you'll go for one. But yeah, because it, it's like, I know people will do that too. The big, oh, I told you I was coming over. Oh, I told you. It's like, dude, I haven't talked to you in three days. I haven't talked to you in three. You said you were going to be here. You said don't sell it. But you, that was three days ago. Like, you, what, what do you think? What do you expect from me? I don't even know you, stranger. Like, you expect me to change things for you? Yeah. Get out of here. But it's uh, there is good deals though, you know. So you kind of have to sift through. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it's it's not all. You got to do a lot of got to get your hands dirty before you you know get that that uh, piece of stereo equipment that you've always been wanted and yeah. have your eye on. So now we're back to Craigslist dating again. So yeah. Is- well. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's the most dating, though. You know, I feel like unless you want to go again, maybe along the same lines as you're saying, you don't want to be the lowest price. You got to be that. You want to be paying that premium. I feel like the online dating sites, like the Match.coms and the eHarmonies, that actually charge an arm and a leg for their services. I feel like maybe that's uh, your best bet, if anything. You know, in an online scene. My friend did the. You know, he got uh, divorced, and so a few years ago, he did that. It's just lunch. Like, it's just lunch. I don't know mm. if you heard of that one. That was like a racket. It was like $1,500 a year. Oh, Jesus. Right? But then it's like, <laughs> so everybody there, they think mean business. Like everybody shows up with like their portfolio and interview questions. Uh-huh. And they're like, you know, it's like you're meeting, like you're dating like the senior executive of marketing from Amazon or something like that is, oh, you yeah. know, these are, these are, uh, you know, people who they mean serious, they're serious business about their hookups. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. <laughs> it's just lunch. It sounds like we're having to do some homework here, actually. Yeah, it's basically they have kind of the three date rule. I think it's uh, it's just lunch, and then it's just dinner, and then it's just breakfast. So I think that's Ooh, I think that's yeah. Interesting. Depending on the the level of service that you want to pay for. I interesting. Think. Okay. Well, at least everybody knows what they're in for. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, I think it is. You know, it's just you just it sounds it sounds it's gonna sound mean for me to say this, but. You just you're dealing with all the rejects at that point, you know, <laughs> especially on the on the women's side, because like there's a ton of guys out there who are single. Like nobody really thinks about this ever, but I've talked about this on the show before, but I'll say it again. There's probably like forty percent of the male population 
who are never getting laid at all. They're never getting any action. It, it just nothing's happening for them at all. Now, now most of them are married, though, right? Well, I mean, I mean, there's a there's a percentage, no question, no question. There's there's a percentage of the, those men that are there, but so many people don't do not realize that. You know, it's not. It was oh yeah, there's a you know there's somebody special out there for everybody. No, there's a lot of guys who are lonely and single, and you know, in their forties and their fifties, like you guys. It, I don't know. So. So you get a surplus on the male side for women. So it's like, I mean, you're going to, obviously there's plenty of dirt bags sprinkled in there, you know, no question, but there's, there's some good guys that get in on the scene. The girls though, it's just like, you've been passed up on so many times now. And then once that's the case, you guys are like, well, what? nobody else wanted to, nobody else wanted to take, put a ring on that. Uh, nah, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to, thank you. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass as well. See, I've, uh, we have about four friends that like in the last five years or something like that, you know, cause we're a part of a large community of friends where, you know, like the, the wife like passed away from like cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every couple who knows somebody, like when that happens, they, they always go through the question of, well, Hey, well, what would we do if, you know, one of us, you know, passed away? Would, yeah. you, would you go out and date and would you do anything? Right. It's a very dangerous question for a man, by the way. <laughs> it's loaded. Yeah. <laughs> when your wife, she's basically going. Um, how long would you still love me if I passed away? <laughs> You're like, um, you know, Every day. Yeah, there's really only one safe answer. Like, I don't know that I could get remarried after, <laughs> after being with you. No, <laughs> in my case, I think that actually might be my answer. I mean, mm-hmm. but then that becomes a dangerous thing. Like, why? What's so bad about your first marriage that you wouldn't want to get married again? Yeah. Like, well, no, 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 I don't mean that. I just, that's true. Yeah. I meant, you can uh, interpret that multiple ways. I know Beth and I will have done a, it'll be 20 years next August. That's pretty crazy. Two decades in. Yeah. Right. At that point, you're like, man, do you, do you start over after, <laughs> after two decades? Like, can we, can we rebuild this franchise? I mean, like at two decades, man, like uh, that's a lot of work into one house. You know, that's, yeah. that's good. After that, you know, I'm like, you know, I kind of, I think I did my run. I think. Uh, yeah. It's, it's tough to say, man. I mean, I, I know it's like making that transition at that point. Maybe you just uh, say you had your run, you know, it was, Last your streak lasted for a while, but I think at that point when you get older like that, though, I I don't think you really look for it as much. I think it's just something that if it finds you, you kind of just go with it. Yeah, you know? well, that yeah, I hate to say that, but then you're probably like the highest in demand guy, like because you know, like in any movie where they make like a high in demand guy, it's always the widow. Yeah, you know that, <laughs> right? The widow who was madly in love with his wife who yeah. passed. Like if you wanted one, is that what you co- call it when a guy when a, when your wife dies? Yeah, you're, a you're it's a widow in either way. It's a widow either way. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's just right. it's a it's a genderless. Okay, which is good for society today. Yeah, there's yeah. no you know we're all better off for it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's funny you say type. that actually because I always thought I was I was thinking about work you know and who does dangerous jobs and I was like that's why they call it it's the widow maker. Yeah, exactly. It's the widow, but but I guess that could be anybody though. Yeah, because you know tons of girls die on the job all the time. Yeah, for the widow maker. But I mean that's like the 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 eternal card right is if you're the guy you could basically walk in a room and you don't have to work out anymore keep yourself in shape and you know there's all the other guys who are trying really hard and then they just look at you and go what's your story well you just go well i'm never gonna i'm never gonna date again because i, myself, I met the love, love of my life and then she passed away and then immediately every girl will drop every other guy in the room <laughs> and make it her lifelong effort to try to be the one to convince you to be he must be their so new love. hurt oh yes. my gosh I can oh, bring him back. His poor soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can rebuild him. I can make him perfect again. Yeah. And then you just need to perfect the look back wink to the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, 
That's true. That's what it is. I don't think I can ever open my heart up again to that kind of loss. That's right. A man only experiences as that you, kind of love look, once in his life. As you look into the distance with a thousand mile stare. <laughs> there is something to be said about that, man. There's something you know. to be said about... Because I think it comes off a lot of times. I think the fact that you're willing to divulge that kind of information... I think it comes off kind of confident, you know, and it's like, wow, he, wow, he just came out and said that. Holy, holy cow. Yeah. that's how he feels. And he actually said, wow. And you're like, you're like this guy, he's pretty sure of himself, you know, you know, it actually worked for me even before Beth and I were together. Mm-hmm. Cause so like Beth and our story, like we actually, we actually dated for like a year and a half. Well, we, we were friends and we started to date and then it didn't materialize. But like, I was like, head over heels over and she was like she wasn't quite ready to uh to uh um commit to uh, commit to me but anyway i was like all right you know it was it was one of those things where you're like okay i need to i need to just like swear off women for a while and so it was actually the best college year of my life was Uh when when beth kind of ditch me. Yeah. Cause then I went, I, then I went up to Western and I was focused on business. I goes on like on the Dean's list every quarter straight. Mm. You know, when you don't have girls in your life as a guy, it's amazing how productive you can be. Oh God. It's seriously. It's yeah. like when you're like, when you're actually going, you know what? I am actually not interested. I'm not focused or not trying anything. So suddenly like everything else in my life became really easy. And then I did notice that was actually, I was working at a grocery store and, mm. uh, you know, I, I certainly had no game in college, by the way, not none whatsoever. But the only time it ever even hinted like I did was that year when I was at the working at Hagen, and like the other girls would say, like, "So are you dating anybody?" I'm like, "No, absolutely not. Why not? Because well, you know, a girl broke my heart, and so I've just I've sworn off girls. So I'm just I'm just focusing on school. I'm and then suddenly, wolf. yeah, suddenly I'm like, yeah, I'm a lone wolf, just not interested. So. And then after that, then I had like three girls from like the deli who were like pursuing me. And I'm like, what? I, oh, I, I told you I wasn't interested. And like, oh, it took me like, you know, 20 years to figure out that the uh, the the best way to actually draw interest is to tell them that there's absolutely no way that that you will that you'll date. That yeah. You're interested, so. yeah. And I think it, and honestly, I think it goes both ways. I think it's the same with guys, too. I think just people in general want what they can't have. Yeah, we love we love the brokenhearted. Yeah, right? yeah. And the second you tell somebody like you, you can't, have, are you kidding me? That girl's way out of your. You can't. You're like, what? What? Are you, I, I could get. I could get that. What? Are you, you know, but people always want that. Girls. Oh, he's not available. He's not available emotionally. Oh well, I'll I'll, I'll yes. see about that. Yeah, that's the test then, right? Yeah. Something to be said, and 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 there you go. See, I think we're going back to the Craigslist thing for you, right? Which is you've been putting yourself on Craigslist as like the uh, the cheapest minivan. That's true. <laughs> I think I you have. need to go back and say no. This minivan is unavailable. By the way, it's not for sale. Don't even ask. <laughs> Do not call me at this number asking about it because it's not right. available yeah. for the last time. This yeah. is yeah. <laughs> no, it's, you know, I mean, even with inflation, it's you know, it's time to start raising some prices here. You know, dollar is going to be tanking soon. You got to bring it up. You're, that's right, but. Yeah, it's, uh, I think, it, I mean, did it work for you? You know, did that, uh, you know, did that kind of unavailability, did it kind of come full circle? And It did, because yeah. I was so unavailable. I think word got back to Beth, you know. Eventually, <laughs> eventually it got, after enough time had passed. <laughs> and everyone, you know, the name started passing, Like right? My marketability, you know, had skyrocketed yeah. at that point. And then, yeah. So. And that, and yeah, you just, you got to fake it until you make it, you know? Yeah. This, this is me 20 years later trying to make it into a strategy, <laughs> <laughs> which was me to... just like randomly stumbling into, you know, into a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly questioning yourself the entire way about yeah. what you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, it's a, it's a tricky, it's a tricky game like that, man. But uh, I don't know. I think you, I think for that lasting connection, I think you do kind of need that, like that push and pull, you know, and that kind of that that s- certain level of strife going on, you know, and that uneasiness. I think that's kind of what keeps people honest a lot of times and it's like okay it's like that that gets to the point where you're like all right you got to buck up or or shut up here yeah you know so i think there's got to be like equal pursuit in the beginning mm-hmm. you know and so anytime you have the there's a scenario where one person seems to have leverage over the other like it's just that's just a bad component for the beginning of a relationship yeah you see you know those movies where like you know those scenarios where there's like the guy the girl who has like two guys going after her you know and she's kind of figuring out if you ever find yourself in that position just go like, it's just not worth it because yeah. th- that leverage just breaks down. And so then you're not starting at like, hey, she wants me and I want her. And, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're a good fit. Now you're like you're you're having to compete with some other guy. Yeah. Just like, I mean, if you were dating multiple girls at the same time and trying to compare them against each other, I'm like, nah, you know, your heart's not engaged at that point. I, I just yeah, I, I see any, very little likelihood that either relationship will then pan out to be something good. That's and yeah, that's the key exactly. Like if you weren't willing to actually make that commitment, like what are you, what are you really going with there? Yeah. You know. And I've had those and I've had those moments where I was you know, kind of you know not to toot my own horn here, but uh, you know juggling a <laughs> couple of different ladies. And let me tell you, it's it's not all uh, picnics in the park like they say it is. Yeah, you know? it, it, lady it, juggling. It, yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of there's a lot of legwork involved. You know, you gotta be you gotta be clandestine. You know, you gotta go behind people's. But it's a it's a very tricky operation. So. I I don't, I don't, I don't suggest it. You know, I maybe give it a shot if you're, you know, early twenties, mid twenties, but I don't suggest it as a, a way to see the world. But I mean, yeah, you're right. Your, your heart's not there, you know, and, uh, you know, it's never going to be perfectly equal, but you, you, like you said, you do need that where it's, it's, it's a pursuit both ways, you know, and it's not just like you're just beating somebody down and eventually they succumb to your will, you know, which, you know, maybe subtly, that's what it is. Maybe (laughs) underhandedly, that's what you're doing, but you got to at least perceive it that, you know, it's a two way street. You know, I have that, um, you ever see those stories where like the, uh, like the married guy who's like the, the business traveler who has like a separate family on the other side of the country. You know, because they travel yeah. so much. So you get married again, they have family. And they find it, you know, like, you know, 10, 15 years into the marriage, yeah. like the two families find out about each other. You know, I've, I see that and that those things confuse me. I just, I can't, I don't get it because, uh, you know, I've traveled in business a few times. And the only thing I've ever thought, and because I love my wife, love my family, but I've never thought when I've been traveling, like, I should get another one of these. <laughs> every time, well, one's just not cutting it. No, yeah. Every single time I've traveled, it's been like, you mean hotel room to myself for like the entire weekend? <laughs> like, I really don't leave the hotel room. It's like pizza comes to me, room yes. service, and then it's just nonstop. Pants are optional. Yeah, it's just walk around in boxers, nonstop movies. I'm like, the last thing I would do is screw this up by actually having to have another having relationship. A kids. <laughs> And a wife I got entertained. I was like, man, that guy serves him right, you know? <laughs> Dude, that I mean, you know, that that's like honestly, that's like Donald Trump with the presidency for me. It's like, why would you even want that? Yeah, like how how much more work are you in for and then keeping those two separated? Like, that just sounds like a nightmare twenty four seven, all day long. I'm still pretty convinced that he never actually intended to win the presidency. <laughs> like I mean, like when you're a billionaire and you you really like hearing your name said a lot, like I'm fairly certain that the strategy in the beginning was like, 
Oh, sure, I'll spend a few million dollars, get a walk around the country, yeah, get having people talk bit. my name, mm-hmm. right? And the next thing you know, he started, you know, he didn't even spend that much money in the primaries. He didn't like have the, you know, the grassroots campaign yeah. out there. He just started winning stuff. And then he was like, oh, well, I guess I'm still in this. I think you're right, dude. I honestly, and, you know, South Park made a whole episode about that, you know. Oh, did but, they? Yeah, I'm not but, stealing any content. I have no idea. <laughs> no, it's all right. We don't, we don't worry about that shit here. But, uh, yeah, they... Uh, I mean, that's true. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just like, fuck it. I'm going to just get a bunch of publicity from this. And like you said, I can drop a little bit of cash. I mean, he didn't go nuts. Yeah. You know, no more than he'd normally be spending and uh, and then start building some momentum. And, you know, holy cow, what do you know? You put the most corrupt and unaccomplished <laughs> uh, person to run against him and yeah, maybe he has a chance, actually. I know. That's, you know, I... I honestly feel like uh, he, he just stumbled into the presidency. It's pretty basically how I stumbled into my relationship. Yeah. It's a, a similar strategy. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that you could repeat it on an ongoing basis. It just means that our <laughs> political system had to get so corrupt that people were willing just to basically take anything yeah. in order to uh, uh, get away from uh, the, the status quo. And, and, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, if you voted for Hillary Clinton, you voted for things the way they've been, you know, and... What's weird to me is that you have people that are feeling this way, even though the economy is like supposed to be good and unemployment's the lowest it's ever been, you know, all the home prices are through the roof. It's like all this stuff. Why does, why is everybody feeling this way then? Like, why does everybody know, think that we need change or want something different want to get away from the status quo? I, I mean, that is kind of the real question like that's behind all this that is kind of interesting when you try to answer it. I know. I, have you ever seen people get quite so mad now about tweets? Like, you know, you know, I, I, I appreciate a good troll, mm. you know, like I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at trolling myself you know, if I, <laughs> on occasion. I can, yeah. I can get in a thread and get people worked up pretty good, yeah. you know, and for the most part, you know, Trump's out trolling people with his Trump's or with his uh, tweets, but, uh, you know, policy wise, he really hasn't, you know, it's not like he's done a whole lot. And so there's a lot of people who have been ready to claim him to be like, you know, the worst presidency ever. We're on the verge of nuclear war. Yeah. Country's on collapse. And I'm like, I, I think they've pretty much have come unhinged and lost perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's it's these people that are on political teams, you know, and their team lost. And, you know, they're still saying that there was collusion with the referees. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's essentially where we're at. And it's like, yeah. I mean, people get so worked up too about what he says, and you know, I'll admit he says some stuff sometimes. I'm like, dude, that that probably wasn't necessary, man. Like, <laughs> why? How did you think that was going to be a good yeah. idea? Uh, there, you there, know? there was never a good player. That. Yeah, yeah. How did you see, not see the, this backfiring on you? But, but at the end of the day, um, I, you know, criticize him all you want about what he says. I'm more concerned about what he does, and like, he, like you said, I mean, he hasn't. He doesn't have a lot of accomplishments to stand on at this point, unfortunately, which is definitely disappointing since he has a majority in both the House and the Senate. But, I mean, he hasn't destroyed anything either at this point. You know, our world hasn't come to an end like everybody thought it was going to on January 20th. Yeah, four years comes and goes. Maybe this just happens with age. But, like, the idea, I mean, we, we put so much weight into, like, a presidential election and I and you see how much people freak out at the end when they're when their their guy their team doesn't win, like suddenly like the end of the world is upon us and it's like four years goes by so fast. Yeah, I mean I had friends that like hated the Obama presidency, right? And, the, and during the when he got reelected, they were like, "Well, that's it, that's it, that's it for our country." And then and then after the, you know his second term, I was like, 
okay, what were the things he did in his, and you know, I was presidency and they're like, well, you know, uh, Obamacare. Okay. Well that was first term. Okay. Yeah. We got that. Yeah. I got that. What do you do in a second term? Uh, I can't remember now. Exactly. It's four years came and went, you know, mm. our country can, can handle bad presidents. Yeah. Like, and regardless of which one you think is bad, like we're going to have, you're going to have a lot of presidents in your life. So like if you're going to live around for 80 years, you know, you're, you're talking about that's a lot of presidencies that are going to c- come and go. Yeah. Like the country's got to be stronger than any one guy being in that office. So. It, it clearly is. I mean, we've got to this point for a reason, you know, it, it clearly is. And yeah, I, I talk to people, you know, I talk to people who I know voted for Hillary and, you know, the one question I have for him, I, you know, he's talking about trolling. I love asking this question. Give me one Give me one uh, political accomplishment she has. Name one political accomplishment. Like, oh, she did good on that one. Like, what, what do you got? I mean, there's literally nothing. You have, and if and if you say any, if you start with she's the first woman to anything, I will fucking slap you in the <laughs> face. Okay, all right. Let's leave genitalia out of this. All right. What? Give me one thing that she. Did. Give me one accomplishment of hers. I mean, no, I got. Yeah, no, I mean she's a. Uh... You know, you know, I've I've really enjoyed like the last year. We we continue here. We you know all we hear about is Russia. It's like you you notice that like before a year ago, it's not like you know Russia is like a brand new like you know ally slash like non ally. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what they are since the Cold War. But nobody like, knows. That's the problem. Nobody even knows. I'm, I bet they don't even know. Yeah, you notice how we're like nobody's actually mad at Russia. Like, yeah. cause there's, it doesn't serve, everything is now based off of the political, political bonus to your party, right? Or to your particular view. Yeah. So right at this moment, nobody goes, well, dang it, Russia, right? Quit meddling with us. Like, let's go get mad at them. Let's find out who did it. Let's go punish Russia. Mm-hmm. No, everybody on both sides is going, wait, no. How can we use what Russia did to hurt, to hurt the other party, right? Yeah. To hurt the other side. Because Russia was playing both sides. Yeah. Like the best thing. So we heard for a year, right? Oh, Trump is colluding. You know, it's collusion with Russia. And it's like, like how, could he, how could he dare work with foreign governments, you know, to, to sully the, uh, the, pure, <laughs> the pure nature of our political establishment by yeah. bringing in, you know, foreign governments to uh, collude, to, uh, to sway the election. As if that... As if that has never happened before. Like yeah. we we are involved in every election across the globe, trying to like spin in, yeah. you know, aid one get side, yeah, get the guy who we think is going to yeah. best aid us, and we can actually get it done. Those other countries, you think they can actually get it done over yeah. here? We can actually influence them, and we're doing this all over the place. Yet, like you said, nobody even brings this up ever. Nobody yeah. ever brings this up. But the second it happens to us, oh, oh, God, oh, wow, yeah. what are they do? Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So suddenly, like, we're, yeah, we're the like something. You know, yeah, so the, the, this pure nature of our political process was 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 sullied. What I like is that Russia, like they, they played both sides. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we heard last, like, oh, they, they scheduled a meeting with Trump Jr., right? And they tried to sell him some stuff. And then people were basically ready to go, well, Trump Jr., let's, let's you know, let's hang him for treason. Yeah. Just for listening to a conversation, even though he didn't say yes or he didn't buy anything. He yeah. didn't use anything. But he just listened to it. So this is enough <laughs> proof that he should be treason. And all of a sudden it comes out, what, this last week that Hillary paid like the Hillary and the DNC, what they paid a company to work with British spies and the Kremlin yeah. to basically piece together some truth, some fake stuff about, 
you know, Trump Russia involvement, right? And then it gets what leaked to the media, it gets leaked to uh, different uh, to McCain, Buzzfeed. right? Yeah, it gets yeah, it gets into then the FBI, who then uses this stuff in order to get approval for like you know warrant. You know, if warrants to start spying on citizens, yeah, like so now we actually have that, and people are like, "Well, no, no, that just happens all the time." That, that yeah, that's just, that's just oppo research. That's normal stuff. No, don't don't worry about that, Seth. You know, yeah. But what we really need to do is get to how Trump is colluding with the Russians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And talk about treason. It's like you're dealing with British. You're dealing with British spies and you're dealing with the Russians like Jesus Christ. You guys like that's what's so crazy about all this is how they sit and accuse everybody else of doing the exact shit that they're doing. Oh, yeah. It's like you just like like you guys serious here. And, you know, because the media is on the, the MSM is completely on their side. So, you know, they can get it spun and they can get that angle going and they can kind of get people thinking that way. But but yeah, it's like you said, man, it's like who are we to complain about this shit? And. Even with the Facebook ads and all that stuff, like, oh, they spent, they had a thousand accounts, whatever, blah, 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 which, you know, I, I think that I don't even give a shit about that. Like if you're, if you're that much on the fence that, you know, a Facebook ad is going to sway you as far as who you're going to vote for, then you shouldn't be voting. Like you, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. But, but even on that, they were, they were going both ways. You know, they were funding both sides of it. I mean, nobody knew exactly how the election was going to play out. Yeah. Everybody told us Hillary had a 90% chance of winning, but you know, nobody was completely certain. And who's to say the Russians probably weren't either. They were probably trying to get in on either side that might end up working out for them. I I mean, for to, for people to think that they wouldn't do this, I mean, we use espionage all the time. Why wouldn't we expect yeah. other countries to do this too? Did you, did you actually see some of those ads that the uh, that, that the Russians placed on Facebook? Uh-uh. <laughs> you look at these and go, "All right, I'm not sure what." Like one was like this shirtless Bernie who's like with this muscular figure, and he's like pointing off into the distance into the sun, and you're looking at this like. I'm not sure what this makes me feel <laughs> like I look at this and go, is this pro Bernie or is this, I don't, I don't, I don't, there's a lot of intelligence that's going into these advertising, but you know, I totally agree with that I think, I think Russia had one goal, which was let's weaken America by pitting them against each other. But good thing we didn't fall for that trap. Huh? <laughs> I think I, I I hate to tell you, but I think there's more people who are going for that goal than just Russia. You oh, yeah. know? I don't even think Russia needs to be clandestine about it. They can be like, hey, our goal, by the way, is to um, pit you pit, pit each side against each other. So um, we're just willing to give funds and, and help campaigns. We'll provide dirt on both sides. Yeah. And we would gladly take it. Because that's why people still aren't upset with Russia. Yeah. Right. They're still going. They still want. They only care about Russia's involvement if it can make the other side look bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's going to help push what they want to accomplish their agenda. But yeah, I I I agree with you, man. I mean, they they probably they just wanted I mean, nobody wants a fight with Russia, you know. Nobody wants that fight. No, no nobody's legitimately that upset with Russia like, "Oh, something has to be done. We have to stop. We have to stop the Russian." Like nobody's that upset with these guys. And at the end of the day, I I honestly just wonder if they kind of just want to be in good with us, you know, and, ha- and ha- be able to deal with other shit and not have to have this constant like tension in our relationship with them, you know, that's like kind of subsided since the Cold War ended, but but really it's still kind of there a little bit. And, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think anybody on either side wants that. And I don't know what your everyday Russian has to say about Americans, but I, I'd make a guess that it's probably nothing too bad you know nothing 
I, I think they probably care as little about us as we do about I mean, them. at the end of the day, that's true. They probably, they probably don't really give a shit, you know? Yeah. They're probably just like, eh, who, who cares? Stupid Americans, who gives a shit, you know? But, you know, I, I, I'm guessing that they were probably as surprised that Trump won as we were. Yeah. I think, I think their best guess that they had on that side was uh, Hillary with, she had the, you know, she was the, had the best political establishment and probably the most funds. I think they, they were thinking, well, how do we weaken her presidency? coming in yeah like they, they didn't need to That's do it true, they yeah. didn't need to do a deal with trump like you you think that they were looking for like permission yeah like trump had any resources for them like no they were like yeah at that point they're off stealing emails they're gonna do what they want to do they'll place their ads they'll release emails right if they thought trump was gonna win they'd want to weaken him too yeah i think they think they just got what they wanted which was so discord make both sides hate each other what they were doing like advertising to try to increase racial tensions yeah but like i said luckily we didn't fall for any of those traps so <laughs> we've uh we've dodge, we've bound, yeah dodged that bullet more yeah. united than ever yeah that's right we collected together and went yes we have a common enemy trying to drive us apart and you know trying to create more racial divide in this country so no we're not going to fall for that we're going to uh instead yeah you're right so unite together against a common enemy yeah you know? and i gotta say you know as much as I hate to give the Ruskies any credit, you know, for, for what they put into the campaign. Oh, yeah. It's probably got to be looked at as a gigantic success. You know? Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't think they put a lot of resources into this, you know. I think they just kind of gave it a shot and see what, what could happen maybe. But um, no, they, 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 they pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Like when it comes to like messing, you know, with, with other governments and getting them to uh, – What's our hope for the U.S. Right? Is that we're the the more that we are involved in inter inter country politics, it's the less that we're involved in running the rest of the world. Yeah. So right now, like we don't we can't even stay focused on North Korea for more than about two or three days, right? <laughs> even with the threat of impending nuclear war, that's yeah, right. We can't even get stuck on that. Yeah, because then all of a sudden, you know, someone kneeled during the national anthem, <laughs> and then we're like. We're like, oh, wait, wait, no, N- nuclear war now goes in the backseat because now we have a, another hotbed political Disrespect topic. flag! <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, this is an interesting question for me. When you look at Trump being elected, I wonder how the rest of the world perceives that. You know, looking at the election, looking at the options we had as Americans, I wonder what everybody else's take on it is. You know, I know what my take is. I, I I have a decent amount idea of what the rest of the country, but I don't know about the rest of the world though. I I think they just think we're we're jokes all the time. It's just it's just a fucking boondoggle, yeah. whatever way you slice it. Yeah, I I but I don't think it matters. Hillary, we could be talking about President Hillary, right? And then they'd still be laughing at us. Yeah. I think they just, I think yeah. the rest of the world just looks at us and we are, uh, you know, you're the, you're that company that has most of the market share. And you have the ton of money in the bank, and yet you screw up every product. <laughs> you miss every launch. Soon to be Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you're just, you know, everybody looks at it and go, man, you have so many resources, and yet you do it so wrong every time. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of this, like, divisiveness and, you know, people fighting over this and that, silly things, I think that does kind of undermine our credibility just as a country in general, you know, I think when everybody's so divided on this, then we kind of lose our identity. You know, if we can get, if we can be so divided on silly things like kneeling during the flag or not, then 
who are we as a, as a people at that point, you know, and you got people who a lot of people I feel like these days look at being patriotic. They look at that as like a weakness or a bad thing, Yeah, you, you know, when you're patriotic and it's like, I feel like, you know, if this continues, it, it could devolve. And, you know, again, we just, we'd lose our identity as Americans. And, and at that point we're pretty much done. I mean, you can't, you can't come back from that. Yeah. I think it's, it's really interesting. Like when, that um, you you see like in America that there's something really looked down upon about being nationalistic. Mm. Like it's only in a, it's like if you, if you meet people coming from another country and you're like, Oh, where are you from Italy? And you know, they're like dressed in the Italian flag and yeah. you know, they're like watching their, you know, their country's soccer team. And they're, yeah. they're like, they just, they're like everything for them is about their country and they can take enormous pride in that. And you don't, you never look at that person and you go, man, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah. Just loving your country like that, so you know, having stupid. that adopt your personality, like yeah. man, that's. But if you, whenever you meet somebody who's like, man, I love America, and people, if there's like this knee jerk reaction of like, mm. there's something mm. wrong with, we've adopted the self loathing type of like virtue signaling yeah. in this country that like that's what it is. Yeah, there's something about like we we've adopted this thing that whoever can be the most self loathing of our country is like is the most has the highest awareness. Mm-hmm. They're like there's something the to aspire woke. to. Yes, the most woke. <laughs> yeah. So that's I you know I started to see that happen probably when I was in high school. Mm. I think that was when I really started I remember going over to Europe and we were there and and you'd start with our group of Americans. They'd ask like, you know, a simple questions, you know, be like, wait, you don't have roundabouts in America. You, like how, how, how do you, you know, how do you get, get around on your streets? You know, like, well, we have four way stops, you know, but they just look at you like, how do you do that? And I remember someone in my group was like, well, yeah, America just screws everything up. And they're like, oh, and people kind of like, yeah, they do. And we, we're like, oh, it's a lot easier when you just laugh at yourself and you, you know, just, yeah. you know, tear down your own country. And you really, I think that kind of what happens is when you become like this single world power is that you found a way to kind of like ingratiate yourself with other people was by tearing yourself down. Yeah. And so yeah. I, think, I think that there's that just kind of bred into the whole next culture, which is this self-loathing thing, which is, you know, it's a lot easier for me just to tear down my other, my country than to actually ever have to stand up and say, you know what, I actually think this is a pretty good place. Yeah. The principles we have here are actually things for other countries to aspire to and not everything that we do is bad or not principled or meaningless in fact i i I actually think more more countries should emulate how we do things yeah well well subtly they do subtly they do i mean you see them trying to take up our culture they take up our food you know they take up all these things and and they do and they because they revere but i think you're right i think you know doing that you know, kind of self-deprecating thing on your own country. It's a lot easier to do. It's surprising to me how quick people from other countries are to do it. Like, who the fuck? Who the fuck are you, man? To start telling me my country sucks. Like, yeah, again, uh, this country's not perfect. It obviously isn't. But people have bought into that in this country. You know, and that's it, it is. It's starting to really permeate. And you talk about Europe. Like, they're they're a lot smaller countries. Those are smaller groups of people, and yet they still vigorously hold on to that patriotism, you know, and that love of their country, even in those smaller, tiny groups where, you know, the European union, honestly, it probably makes more sense than the United States does. 
Like if you, when you look at how diverse our country is and Europe, I mean, there, you know, a lot of different people think in different ways in Europe, no question. But I think in the whole scheme in general, I think it probably makes more sense for Europe to be united and, and look at them. I mean, the EU is, I don't want to say it's crumbling, but uh, it, it's showing some major fractures at the moment. Oh yeah. You know, but, but yeah, it, it, it is a self-loathing thing and people just love it. You know, they just love to just focus on all the negative shit we've done, all the bad stuff that we've done in our past and to me too it also plays into like everybody these days just embracing as much as they can their victimhood you know oh, yeah. they want to just completely jump on that and be a victim of some this or that injustice so that they have like some higher moral level or something i don't even know exactly how it works it's pretty crazy but i know well we have a um <laughs> i think i think the one word that's been out there that's that's been that's been treated almost like it's been an evil word is uh capitalism like you, you can't ever go around and say, yeah, oh, yeah. What's your, um, yeah, what are you? Well, I'm a capitalist, and people look at you basically like you're Satan, you know, just for even admitting that you're a capitalist. But yeah, you know, I like that. You know, even with Bernie, he's bringing like you know socialism back and all the you know the next generation. They're treating socialism like it's the brand new idea. It's the it's the wave of the next generation. It's the new thing to catch on. Socialism, communism, you know, where they have this elite big government. Um, kind of controlled society that's been around forever. The new idea from a humanity perspective is capitalism. Yeah. And I think I, I kind of wish that we would reclaim that word again, because it's really not about corporations. Capitalism has one fundamental idea, which is there's no elite class. Mm-hmm. There's no elite class. There's no one who goes and makes the decisions and tells you what you can do and what you can buy and what you can own and what you do with your stuff. Yeah. Capitalism is based on one founding principle, which is we all get to choose. Yeah. I don't like I'm like, and I love how we walk around talking about like that. That's the most evil, worst possible thing. Yeah. is like, what? Who are we? Just a bunch of you know private citizens to be able to decide what to do with our own money and with our own property. Yeah, and going, actually, I, that's probably that is the new thing. Yeah, it's only 300 years old. Yeah, it's still pretty it's, fresh in the whole scheme. Yeah, of things. like we, yeah, this America is still the great experiment of going. Hey, what happens if we build a country where we didn't tell people, like, like the government didn't didn't own Run their your stuff. every day to day life? Yeah, yeah. And tell and you in, what to do. Instead, we have a bunch of people where we go. You know, instead of putting the power in the hand of elites, we're going to put the power in the hands of the people and let them decide. You go, yeah, and then all we really need to do is build a government to try to keep keep a level playing field. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, it's, for some reason, I, I, I kind of wish that we would take a new, fresh look at capitalism and kind of go, hey, guys, you know, I know you've been ingrained in your head that when you hear that word to, like, have some, like, knee-jerk reaction that that's something evil. But what if you just started to look at it and go, you know, really what that word means is that you get to decide. The yeah. power goes with you. Yeah, they it, it definitely the word capitalism needs a new marketing campaign. You know, they need to be rebranded. There's no yes. question about it. Cause that is a very taboo word now. And yeah, it's so funny that these people want to tell you that, uh, while they're wearing their hundred dollar shoes, uh, on their iPhone, taking a Snapchat, uh, video in live streaming motion. They want to tell you how shitty capitalism is. Like, do you guys not understand that this, it built all of this? I mean, like you said, this was an, this was an experiment 300 years ago. This was an experiment. If you look at all of human history, like you said, we've been doing that forever, okay? If you look back all the way to the beginning of time, you know, when humans came around, it's been elite class of people ruling over the general population, you know? A, a lot of times, maybe even one or two, a handful of people, you know, of uh, a monarchy and things like that. And, you know, slowly 
the people kind of you know get a little bit of nibbles, some freedom, get a little bit of power. They say, hey, listen, you don't need to tell us you know what kind of food we need to eat. All right, we're, we're sick of this. And there's some pushback. America was the first time ever where people said, you know what? Uh, let's actually give the power to the individual and make the state not non-existent, you know, and give the individual their choice to do what they want to do to pursue whatever kind of life they want to pursue and to make the best of their situation. Because at the end of the day, you, the best person to make a decision for you is you. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean you're not going to fuck it up. That doesn't mean you can't <laughs> screw it up still. But at the end of the day, you're the best person to make a decision for you. And this is the first country we've ever done that. You know, we've given a little, we've given a little bit of power. I mean, too much these days, to be honest, but we've given some power back to the state. We said, uh, you know what, guys, we need you to cover a few things. Actually, there's some stuff that we can't take care of. Is and, and and unfortunately, it's gone too far. You know, we've given them too much now, and it's the system is just so big and cumbersome that it can't. You can't break it down. You can't stop it. You can't shrink it. It's too much. But um, yeah, this this whole embracing of communism is just the. It's the most. It's the most infantile way of looking at things, and it just shows that these people have no idea what they're talking about. Speaking of rebranding words, I think one of the ones that we should rebrand is democracy. Mm. Democracy is a, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. And people, they, we walk around talking about like we have democracy in, in the United States. Well, democracy is this really idea of like, you know, we all collectively vote. And so that the majority can collectively vote and take away something from the minority. Well, we, we're not a democracy. We're a republic. Yeah. We were founded as a republic. In fact, the, the founders actually came out and warned and said, no, democracy is a terrible thing. It's mob rule. Like, you know, this new experiment, right, is built on a constitution which protects the individuals. Yeah. So in that case, it's like you could have 99 out of 100 people who all vote to go take something from the one person. Mm-hmm. But then the and constitution. Yeah, no, the constitution goes, well, no, I don't care if 99% of the, the country votes for something. You can't break the rights of the one. Yeah. Because we're founded off a republic where every individual person has the full weight of the constitution behind you. Which means you can have 350 million people that decide, you know, Aaron, that we, we all collectively vote that we want to come take your stuff. Yeah. Right. And then you have the one constitution backing you that says, screw you, 350 million people. Right. The constitution saves me. That's this is where I think, you know, our, our schooling really kind of fails. Our system is where we like we talk about the, the wonders of democracy. When you're like, no, no, there's no wonder magical thing of mob rule. Yeah. Mobs do bad decisions. Yeah. They take they do terrible things to people. Yep. Right? Protecting the one person against the mob, right? That's the honorable principle thing that the country was founded on. I think that's where I'd like us to kind of reestablish the man, we're a republic. But you know, that that works on both sides. Like if you look on either side of the aisle and go, wouldn't you really like the idea that the one person's rights are protected against the mob? Yeah. Like both of us, I think we should be able to get back to agree like on those principles in general. I think we just like the idea of we want the mob working in our favor. Yeah. No, democracy is a dangerous thing, man. It's a dangerous thing. And honestly, I, uh, I've thought about this a lot recently. This is going to sound like a joke, but I feel like if you want to vote in this country, there should be two requirements. Oh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll say three. Obviously you got to be a U.S. citizen. I mean, that's, that's a given, but um, you should have to pay taxes. You can't get money from the government because then why wouldn't you just lobby for more free stuff and go for the person who's going to give you more free stuff? So you can't, you had to be, you had to be paying taxes. You can't be taking anything from the government and you have to have children. 
you have to at least have a child. So you have some skin in the game. You know, because that's what's crazy about a lot of these people. And I think it's a lot of younger people and, you know, who, again, want to embrace the whole communism thing. I feel like they're just, at the end of the day, they're okay with just burning the whole thing down. Because they don't like how it's working for them, particularly in their situation. You know, whether that's because they're lazy or they're super into playing video games all the time or whatever the reason is. Things aren't going well for them. I think they just want to burn the whole thing down. And they say, eh, fuck it. You know, if it's not going to work for me, then it's not going to work for you either. So... Well, that works because then all those people who aren't dateable, well, then they can't vote because they're not, you know, they're not. That's true. You know, they're not making children. That's true. They, yeah. Exactly. We get we can drain the swamp of internet dating, you know. Yeah. And not have them influence our political decisions. Did you see the, uh, the, the backlash to Donald Trump Jr.'s tweet on Halloween about the his, like. I can't remember if it's son or maybe it's his daughter or something like that had like, she brought her candy home and he was like, well, I'm going to take, you know, half of her candy. You know, it's never too early to start teaching the, the, the joys of uh, socialism. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and then, uh, then you get to hear the backlash and you realize how little people actually understand what socialism is. Yeah. Cause the first reaction everybody had was like, that's right. It's never too to teach the wonders of sharing. Yeah. Sharing is a good thing. I went, you know, I, Maybe we have different definitions of what sharing is, but like if I come over to your house, Aaron, and I open up your fridge and I start eating your food and you go, hey, what are you doing? Like, have my food. I'm like, apparently I have a kinder heart than you, Aaron, because <laughs> I know how to share by eating your food. I know the quality of sharing. Yes. But then like, I, I like how we, we've turned that into a virtual signal, like of going, I'm a kinder hearted person, a kinder hearted person because I'm okay with taking other people's stuff and yeah. you're not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not creating a, a society where, where you know, people who are like have a bunch of money are like, no, no, I really want to give away some of my stuff to those who need it. Yeah. We have a place of people who don't have stuff who are voting to take it from other people and calling it sharing. Yeah. Calling it that they're the nice people. Yeah. Like, no, you're not nice people. You're a mob who wants to go take other people's stuff. Mm -hmm. Quit calling yourself a nice person. Just at least have some intellectual honesty about what you want to do. Yeah. Which is you just want to take stuff. Yeah. And you want to take it from other people. You don't want stuff taken from you. Yeah. You don't want your shit taken. You just want those elite, those the top 1% of the top 1%, you want to take all their shit, you know? Yeah. And it's like, that's that's not how it works. And I love it how they say, like, yeah, we, we you know, people get mad when you give, you know, they got the whole tax reform going through right now. And it's kind of a confusing bill, you know? We, I don't know how I feel about it. I think it's probably good in general, you know? But there's some bad things to it, too, but whatever. But people say, oh, you're giving a tax break to, to the richest people? Oh, you're, you're redistributing wealth back to the richest people? It's like... Well, hold on. Let's 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 look at this from a non-biased lens here. Okay, we're not redistributing anything. We're just stealing less from them. We're just stealing <laughs> less from those people. We're we're not stealing your money and giving it back to the rich. No, we're just not giving you as much of their money as you were once taken at one point. So you know, let's 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 frame this in the right way. Um, and people, you know, they get so mad about that, but it's like. Do you guys realize that you know the top twenty percent pay like sixty or seventy percent of all the taxes? Like these people, I mean, you know, where I mean, where you want to be on the tax scheme? That's that's a very complicated issue. But uh, let, let's at least frame it the right way and not act like we're just handing a bunch of money to a bunch of millionaires and billionaires. No, we're just not jacking as much from them yeah. at the end of the year. It's really hard to give a tax cut to the poor when they don't pay any taxes. I'm sorry, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry guys. <laughs> sorry. 
there's like a, uh, I, I really don't know how to, I don't know how to make that math any simpler is that it's, it, you know, no matter what percentage you apply to zero, it still doesn't change the, it's not going to change the dollar amount. Yeah. And you talk about backlash, you know, and I was looking back, you know, cause I was like, I hadn't quite got red pilled yet, you know, when, uh, Mitt Romney woke. was, okay. yeah, I was still, I was still within the enemy ranks. But uh, when he was in the office, you know, he had that 47% comment or whatever, you know, that he, again, a lot of backlash for it. It was true, though. It was a true comment. And, you know, maybe he framed it in a way that wasn't very flattering to those people. But it's a true comment. Sorry, guys. Like, what do you what do you want us to do here? You know, that's the case. And again, those are the people who they're going to just keep voting for people who give them more free stuff because they don't. They don't think that has to come from somewhere else. They think the government can just create things out of thin air and they have some magical ability to make your life better somehow if they just give you more shit. You know, they don't understand that that cost comes from somewhere else and somewhere else a burden is put on them to make that happen for you. Yeah, well, and let's be honest too, right? It's not like we're actually collecting all the taxes that we need to pay for our stuff anyway. I mean, we're really, I mean, you know, you see how many trillions that we have to borrow every year. Right, just to pay for the, just to pay for all of the stuff we've already agreed to. Yeah. So yeah, we talk about trimming. Okay, how much do we want to bring in in you know in tax? I love how we call them revenues, tax yeah. revenues. Like, <laughs> so it's like a company selling something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tax revenues. You mean like the money I took from people's pockets? Yeah. yeah it's a yeah. revenue. I took out of your check before you even got it. Yeah, but then afterwards you're like, okay, we're not even coming close to paying for everything we have. So like. This is really where I, it always makes me laugh when I hear about we refer to our ta- the things that we spend our taxes on as rights. Mm-hmm. I think we have really no idea what a right is. <laughs> like I hear when healthcare is a right, I'm like, well, I've never heard a more virtue signal statement than to say that healthcare is a right. Yeah, like a human right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't have you can't have anything that you have to buy a product or service be a right. Because that means that you're going to guarantee that you're always going to have the money to buy it. It's like you're you're writing a check that you can't cash. Yeah. Like because in that case you're like, well, what happens if people stop? What if other countries stop loaning us money today? <laughs> okay. Well, then we're going to have to figure out how to cut a trillion dollars mm-hmm. out of our and, yearly budget and deal with twenty uh, percent inflation for the rest of the year because yeah. the dollar is tanking. Yeah. So we're going to like, but then what happens to all your rights? It's a right, like. What if there's no money in the bank? There's no right. Yeah. Like you can't. Well, what if there's no doctors? Like you can't. You can't force a doctor to, you know, to have to, yeah, or force people to go into medicine in order to become yeah. a doctor. I think we can talk about something. Yeah. There's there's a, a privilege, something that we want to make available or we want to make cheap. But I meant this idea of calling it a right. Yeah. Like like somehow like you're. Like you're more caring and loving because you're going to promise and commit something that that is unpromisable or uncommittable that you can't even do. Yeah, it just makes you look stupid. Yeah. And again, we come to talk to back about backlash, and you know, Trump got a bunch of shit because Puerto Rico. He was like, eh, you know, you guys are screwing up our, you guys are screwing up our budget here. Whatever, blah blah blah. I see these people are like, just give them the aid, just give them the aid, just give it to them. What you? It's so. Why would you not help these people are in need and stuff? It's like, yes. Where are we getting this money from? You guys realize we're we're six hundred and fifty billion short every goddamn year. Oh yeah. Where where should we get this extra five? Where do you guys want to pull it from, huh? (laughs) You guys want to chip in? I mean, uh, what what do you want to do here? You know, people and they don't. And the thing is, they don't see the big picture. Yeah. You know, they think that again, the government's just it can just create uh, happiness and well being out of thin air, and, and there's no cost behind it. 
You know, I mean, I had a debate with somebody the other day about uh, birth control and abortion, and you know, some they were trying to kind of get me in a gotcha situation. You know, they kind of knew where I'm at, and I'm like, well, you know, abortion's never going to be illegal in this country. That's never going to happen, and and I don't really want that to be the case. Uh, That being said, I don't think we should be normalizing it. I think we shouldn't be we should be condemning it as an act. You know, it should only be a if if you really need to. And then the whole birth control thing, it's like. I mean, how, first off, how much does birth control cost? Maybe 30 bucks a month. I mean, a dollar a pill. I'm sure you could find somebody who's making a profit at a dollar a pill. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so how much does that cost? And, and again, it's like for us to pay for that, you know, you, no, you want to get paid. It's going to cost way more than $30 for a person to get free birth control if we're making the state take care of this. Okay, now it's going to cost $100 for that same monthly birth control. Whereas your boyfriend could have just covered it for you. Yeah. Just taking care of you. He has a job, doesn't he? Thirty dollars. You know, it's like what you don't want us in your business telling you what to do when it's when it's your body and it's your choice. But then you're going to tell us that we got to pay for the shit that is really just comes down to your lifestyle choice. You know, nobody has yeah. to have sex. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're, you know, I, we talked talked about already. <laughs> Most guys out there, they're not entitled to any yeah. sex. You said forty you know? percent of guys, right? Yeah. yeah, they're not entitled to a blowjob, even. You know. So you uh, know, I you know, I, I we're. I think we're at that stage that we, we love looking back at, you know, with today's morality and looking back at our founders, yeah. you know, we, we go back with today's, the, the way that we view the world about, you know, what's right and wrong from today's perspective. We look back at the founders and we go, Oh, look, did you know, did they own slaves or, you know, what, what were, and, um, and so now we go, you know, we, we want to tear down monuments and, you know, not speak their name and, 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 and to kind of destroy that. I honestly feel like that in a couple hundred years from now, they're going to look back at society now and they're going to be like, they did what when it came to abortion? Like, I honestly, I feel like they're probably going to be tearing down our monuments now because of something that like we, I get it. You know, I get it that we want to just normalize it and just make it, you know, that this is just a common practice and that everybody gets to choose. I have a future, I have a feeling that future society is going to look back at us. Like we're the, uh, the child sacrificing, you know, yeah. Yeah. Incans, you know, just doing yeah. our, and, and looking back to the society and suddenly they're going to go, wait, what other good thing can come out of this society when, you know, a third of their population that they were killing through abortion? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like I'm not, and I'm not even advocating making it illegal or something like that. I just, yeah, just I, let's not normalize it. Let's not normalize it. You know, yeah. there's, there's, there's people out there that want it like on demand, you know, they want it free and they want it on demand. And it's like, how about you just get a control of your life? How about you just get control of your life a little bit? And yeah. then this won't even be a problem. We, we can't even at- talk about the impact it's having to our demographics. Yeah. I mean, you look at, you look across Europe, like I mean, they're not even reproducing to like fulfill their own population. Mm-hmm. Like, like Russia's down like what? 25% over the last generation. Really? I mean, they're like only 50% of every pregnancy is coming to, to abort, uh, to, a, to an actual child now. Yeah. It's like the, they're, they're having one kid for every couple yeah. in Russia and Italy and across a lot of these other European countries, you know, do the math for every two people. If you create one person, that means every generation you're going down in half. Yeah. So I mean, these populations, they're basically aborting or not, procreating themselves out of existence. Yeah. Right. And we're so worried about talking about, you know, someone's right to choose. We're going like this self-loathing thing. I think we're taking a bit extreme here. Yeah. It's, it's, it's 
but rearing its ugly head in many different forms. And yeah. uh, I want to go back to you talked about people judging people from today's standards, yeah. like historical figures. Nothing infuriates me more than this. <laughs> Nothing gets me more fired up than that. I'm like, because because that's like the highest level of virtue signaling. Yeah, you know that's the highest level. It's like you like oh George Washington owned slaves. Do you, you do you not understand that that was par for the course? Do you guys do you guys not get that? Like every, everybody had slaves back in the 1600s. Everybody in the entire world were doing it. You know they're they're still doing it in Africa and the Middle East. They're still doing it today. But you guys don't talk about that at all. You just you just lament the fact that we had it here and it shows how racist of a country are. But it's like George Washington. Yeah, he had, he had slaves. We don't know how he felt about having slaves. Maybe he wasn't a big fan of it. Maybe he's just said, you know, you know, I don't, I don't really like this. But you know, this is kind of how you do it if you want to be successful in the new in the new world. You know, and it's just how it goes. That guy was one of the most amazing people that has ever lived in in the world. You know, one of the most amazing people ever. He he they handed him kingship basically after you know after the they won the revolution they basically handed him kingship and he said. Nah, I'm good. You guys, you guys, you take care of that. You know, make it for the people and all that kind of good stuff. Like that, like, like who, who could do that? You know, if if you were handed kingship to to the newest greatest uh, experiment that has ever been in, in the history of mankind, I mean, could you just walk away from that? Could you just say, eh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, though. I, yeah. I don't need that. I mean, that's that's incredible. That, that takes an incredible person. And for people to sit and look at the one thing, like, oh, he owns some slaves. What a terrible person. Like, you 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 don't see the entire picture. And you're just seeing it from your side. And yet you're the people that want us to have empathy for everybody, yeah. which is confusing to me. I think the idea is we have to be able to go that our principles are bigger than the people who hold them. You know, because we're – I mean, humans are flawed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we – like you're you're not going to find any like any one of us like who espouses these principles whose life is going to be able to to hold up to the rigor of being tested against them. Yeah. So at some point you need to be able to say the principles are meant to be something that we collectively go, hey, this is what we strive to be. Mm-hmm. Like we we unite around the principles because this is what we want to become. This is what we want to move forward. And and by the fact that we all say these together, it kind of <clears throat> you know it moves us forward. Um, it lets us progress as a society to say, this is what we want. Yeah. So you go back to that era and you go, man, they started to bring the principles of that. Each individual, right. Was like endowed by our creatable with certain unalienable rights. Right. And the, the, we were all created equal. Now we didn't exact that in the beginning, right. The, yeah. In order to be equal, you had to be a landowner. You had to be male. And you, yeah. Like, and you, you couldn't be slave. You had to be free. So, but we had the principles established and by having a collective principle that we were walking forward, it, le- it helped to highlight the areas where we weren't living that out. Yeah. And, and then we point, could, it kept us pointing yeah. in the right direction too. Yeah. And that, and again, that's what it is. That comes down to having an identity and it's like, yeah, we have these principles that we adhere to and these are the most important thing out there, you know? Yeah. And we've lost that. I mean, wh- I mean, what are they these days? You know, we, who knows what our principles are now where we have people, out there doing slut walks, you know, to show that they can sleep with as many guys as they want and they shouldn't be shamed for that. And, and Hey, you know, this is a free country. You can sleep with as many guys as you want. That's fine. But don't expect that there's not going to be any downside or any negative effects to that. You know, I think that's why the kneeling for the flag, I think aside, you know, for those who 
like who don't see that as 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 being something that's dis, like dishonoring to the principles. It's part of the problem that we've had is that we go, hey, there used to be a set of principles that regardless of whether you were left or right, that we'd say, hey, these were something that we collectively agree on. Yeah. And we lift them up so that we can aspire to collectively continue to move towards them. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what women's suffrage, right? They would say, hey, these principles, it's great that you put them in place, but can you see how they are not being exacted like equally or they're not being exacted to their fullest extent because w- women don't have the same the same rights as men mm-hmm. like by by it highlighting and contrasting the difference it, you know it slowly as a society would go yeah you're right we want to live these principles out and so let's continue to move forward but then suddenly when you kneel all right, or you separate yourself during like the ceremonies that we have that are meant to unite us mm-hmm. there's a way of kind of it's it's basically signaling of i'm no longer part of you We're no longer part of the same group. I don't recognize ourselves as being one because it doesn't materialize the way I see it. So rather than being like um, holding up the the flag and the principles of saying, hey, this is what we want. This is what we aspire to be. We should should continue to move forward. You're now saying, I no longer identify that we operate under the the same set of principles. That's why I I see it's like it's – that's why I don't believe that this current movement is progressing us towards – like resolving it. And that's why I think it's actually acting as a backlash to cause more division oh, yeah. rather than inspire us to be something better. Yeah. No question about it. And, and, and what gets me on the whole kneeling thing, it's like, again, there has to be, like you said, a common, a common thread, a common theme, a common goal that we're all working towards. You know, those principles, we, we all need that one thing. It doesn't have to be everything, but we need to have it though. And the whole flag thing, it's like, it's it's a it's just a song, you know. At the end of the day, it's just a song. It's just a flag. It's just a piece of cloth. But it's it's us paying our respect to this country that we have the opportunity to live in. And it's hokey. It's corny. It's a it's a it's a three minutes. It's not even three minutes. It's probably like a minute and a half yeah. song where we all unite and we all do the same thing and we're all on the same page. We say, you know what? It might be kind of goofy. It might be kind of silly, but. Hey, you know, at the end of the day, we're Americans. You know, we're all oh, Americans. Yeah. We we still we all have the same dream. We want to have a family. You know, we want to have a job. We want to have a house. We're we're all in this together. We're all on the same team here. At the end of the day, and like you said, the second that you're no, we don't no, we don't agree. And to me too, when you when you sit and you kneel for the anthem, you're kind of saying that this country is racist, and I don't agree with that. And I yeah. can't go along with that. And now you're injecting something into this moment again, where we're just supposed to be, all be on the same page. You're injecting your own kind of stuff here going on that is just completely distracting from the point. I think this is getting to the exhaustion of politics that we have now, which is there's never a moment now where we can come together as one people. Mm-hmm. Like every moment that we had, which we'd say, hey, I know we're still a work in process. I know that we still have things. I know we still disagree and stuff, but there were still moments where we'd say, Hey, let's, let's put the protest flags down. Let's put down our individual cause. And let's just for a second, celebrate the principles that we have. We kind of reached a point where we go, no, unless we're all the way there, as I see it, we now have no moments to celebrate unity. We have no no, no moments to celebrate being a a collective society under a common set of principles. And it's crazy. Yeah. That we can't just, there's no real scenario, yeah, where we can just get everybody on the same page, you know, even for something, again, as hokey and corny yeah. as a minute and a half long song. It's, you can't get everybody on the same page for that? <laughs> this, is why it's, this is why we need moms of the uh, country to unite, because moms are the ones who, like, go, no, we're going to celebrate Christmas dinner, 
right? And I want all of my family there. And mm-hmm. so no one's going to talk religion or politics, mm-hmm. right, at the table because I want everybody celebrating Christmas together. And then she's going to slap you, <laughs> right, the first time that you decide to use Christmas yep. dinner mm-hmm. as a chance to promote your personal politics. Yep. And right. she's going to be a little bit of a tyrant, you know, yes. uh, mildly, but <laughs> it's necessary in this situation. You Mama know? Trump. Yeah, exactly. She's going to say it how it is. Yeah, that's why I think we need these moments too where we go, okay. All right, you know, I get it because already I've heard people talking about the causes that they want to kneel for now, and then it, it goes beyond just racial tensions. Now it's going for what about abortion rights? So I'm like, well, Someone what about you know cancer. for tax reform? And go, okay. In, in the end, you're like, okay. So there's no moment to celebrate Christmas together. There's no moment for Thanksgiving dinner. There's no mm. moments of collective unity because everything has to. It's like we've turned the flag into some sort of like NASCAR vehicle and we've just plastered it full of our <laughs> you know like the the advertising for our personal different logos. yeah because it's it's all about you know uh, our, the flag has become our virtue signal for our <laughs> you know our our personal causes yeah like the worst part too is that you look back to the father because everything's like well you know it's good to feel uncomfortable Aaron, it's good to feel uncomfortable, right? That's why you don't like this because it makes you feel uncomfortable. It's good to have a dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's go back to the people who started this. All right, and you go, have you actually tried to have a, you think about the dialogue that Colin Kaepernick wants? I mean, that guy's got like a, a mind, like a bag full of cats. <laughs> like the guy, like, you I mean, it took him like kneeling through, or you're know, sitting three times before he could even like come up with some sort of, reason for why he was doing it and yeah. then you know he comes out and he's then he's wearing you know momar Gaddafi t-shirts yeah. and talking about how we should strive to be like cuba and you're like what you know how cuba treated political <laughs> dissenters yeah right? they pulled them out in the middle of the street and they shot them yeah <laughs> like th- th- this guy doesn't che Guevara, he's cool though yeah man. he's a cool guy yeah. yeah but we treat protesting like you know there's nothing more noble Nothing yeah. more noble than protesting something bad about America. I'm like, well, yeah. yeah well, what if they're wrong? Like, you, I mean, Colin Kaepernick is just wrong. I, you, you, I, I listened, right? I wouldn't listen to what he had to say, and I went, no, this guy, he has a very scary, bad version of America that he yeah. wants. So yeah, I listened, but no, he's not starting an important dialogue. He's just flat out wrong. Yeah. Then you go, okay, well, Michael Bennett. All right, well, I think Michael Bennett's really funny, right? But then I went and read his letter, and this is the part. This this actually broke me up with the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I, I read Michael Bennett's letter about you know the being arrested and the racially incident, profiled yeah. in Vegas, and I read it, and um, you know, at first I was like, man, that just kind of breaks my heart. I'm I, was, I really felt bad for him that he had to go through that, and mm-hmm. then. And then this always happens, like when you buy into a story too early, is that then all of a sudden you get to hear the other side and you're like, oh, Michael Bennett, that really didn't happen at all like the way you said it. And then you go to go watch the video and you realize like, oh, man, he really painted those guys in a bad light. And then all of a sudden you start to step back and look at it for what it was. And you're like, dude, Michael Bennett's a member of the 1%. He's like rich of the rich who uses power and influence to try to go after like these two men, by the way, who happen to be minority men. Mm -hmm. Like there was one, one, one black, one Hispanic, you know, cop who make a fraction, tiny percentage of what he makes. Yeah. Right. And then he went running, like he went running when, you know, when they, when they told everybody to to, like stop running as they were, as they were running into a building going after an active shooter, Mm -hmm. like they walked by plenty of people who were of all different races and ethnicities, nationalities, But one guy stood up and went running out the back, hopped a wall, and then when they were yelling at him to stop, it was Michael Bennett. So I, I read that, and I was like, dude, he's not a hero for bringing up the topic. You know what he should be doing? He should be apologizing. 
yeah. should be apologizing for not for putting them at their risk and then threatening to basically have them fired, take away their livelihood. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't like an honorable thing to do. Yeah. So. And that's and again, it just comes back to playing into the whole victim thing. You know? Yeah. Like I've been in I've been wronged. And and I don't know why people want to embrace that. I don't know why they want to embrace it. Like I can look back at my own story and I can say, and if I really wanted to, I could say, you know, some some shitty shit happened to you in your day and you were you were a victim of some bullshit there, you know. But at the end of the day, what's that going to do me? Yeah. What good is that going to do me? You know, and and it's it's putting things in a negative light. You know, you're you're always going to have regret. You're always going to be remorseful for. It. And I, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm going to keep living my life. Some bullshit happened to me. Yeah, of course it does. But bullshit happens to everybody. Okay, mm-hmm. nobody goes through life completely unscathed. And you just hope that at the end of it, you know, some bad shit can happen to you. But you hope that at the end of it, you come out on the other side and you're a better person. You know, and you say, I'm not a victim. Maybe I'm just. My story is just going to take a different twist than most mm. people's don't normally, and I just don't understand why everybody is so quick to be a victim. Like, why? Why is this a good thing all of a sudden? Mm. And then again, you're talking about Bennett, and it's like, listen, if you just complied and did what they said, we, we wouldn't even have a story here. Yeah, you know, there'd be there'd be nothing to talk about. But okay. you didn't do that because, again, like you said, you probably you know he probably looks at himself as one of the elites. I mean, I'm yeah. sure he has that mentality, that mindset when he's, especially when he's in Vegas and him and his buddies are probably dropping 10, 20 grand. Like it's nothing, you know, he probably, well, his oh, response to the, the officers was like, I'm Michael Bennett, Seattle Seahawk. Right. Like, you know, he's throwing out his name. Like you should know who I am. Right. Yeah. So he recognizes that, you know, yeah. he's, he's a member of the elite status. Yeah. I just, I might look at that and go, okay, at some point there's gotta be, like some ownership for doing the reset, which is, okay, why did you run? Okay. You can always go back and say, well, there there's historic racism with police and with African-Americans. Like, okay, well maybe that was part of your reasoning for running, but at some point, like you have, you have to acknowledge the fact too, that when you're running from somebody that actually doesn't mean to do any harm to you, like you are acting like, you're you're acting like what one of the perpetrators would act. Yeah. Right. You're 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 defying what you're defying what everyone else is doing, and so you have people that are actually risking their lives running into a live a live shooter situation, mm-hmm. and when somebody runs, it's now their job to run after you. Yeah. And the moment they're running after you, it means that there's someone else with a gun that they're not running after that they're not going after. Yeah. So you're like actually putting the rest of us in danger. Yeah. You got to I mean, own that. Exactly. Like in the fact that you can't see that just kind of shows, yeah, that you're look at yourself as like a higher being or whatever, but yeah, and and that's another thing too that goes along with with all this, you know, again the communism, the self-loathing and everything is uh this this newfound hatred for all police officers. You know, uh, yeah. I, I don't get this one at all either. It's like every time you hear a story, the police officer is always the bad guy. And like you're saying, like these guys are running into casino, like they got their guns drawn. Do you think they're like, yeah, we're going to get us some criminals here. Yeah. Like you think they want to go into an active shooter situation? No, they're probably scared. They're like, oh shit, yeah. this is, you know, they're probably worried. They don't want, they don't want to accidentally shoot some, you know, innocent bystander. Like that's a situation that they're not looking forward to at all. Yet we act like they're just going in there. All right. Where is some black man we can harass, huh? Let's let's uh, let's show these colored people what's up. You know, it's like that's not the case, you guys. And and it's funny to me too because these people, these anarchists, which is so funny, the anarchists are hanging out with the communists. 
the people that want no government at all and then the people that want total government are hanging out in the same go figure on that one but you know they they go to these protests and these demonstrations and the second things devolve police police hey police he he pushed me this guy pushed me you know it's like you guys you don't even have your ethos is just so confused and so all over the board that you you don't even have an identity really. You're just you just have these principles that you think uh, make you a better person, which you know really is just again comes back to the virtue signaling. Right. But. Hey, I'm pretty convinced that protesting does nothing. <laughs> I like, you know, I the only thing I, I yeah, I, we 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 lift this like high up, like you know, the most honorable noble thing to do is to protest, and we love you know having media crowds of lots of people walking around carrying signs. I I don't know about you, I I don't think I've ever changed an opinion <laughs> because because I saw somebody protesting <laughs> because somebody was yelling their one sided viewpoints with me, you know, on a. You know, you know, with their their seven word protest sign. Yeah, I don't know a single person that has ever been changed by that. But we, the country, just loves it. Well, yeah. well, we love it when it's you know, it's of we course people. Up, yeah. Well, when it's protesting, of course, the the views that we have. So the mainstream yeah. media, like, if the man, they they love a liberal protest. Yeah, and they they'll just heighten that up as like that is the most honorable thing, you courageous thing that you can do. You the most American thing you can do is to protest. Yeah. They didn't seem to feel that way about the Tea Partiers. <laughs> you know, no, it was not, not you know yeah, when the Tea Partiers were protesting, yeah. you know, they're, having they're, they're you know, a bunch of national debt, you yeah. know, and maybe we should live within a balanced budget. And you're like, mm. that that to them was the most insane thing. They're, you know, like, Those people are radicals. Yeah. What do you mean? Those are radicals. What do you mean only spend what we bring in? Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's got to be some sort of racist code that the, they're bringing oh, about. They couldn't actually mean undertones. that we shouldn't be, you know be going you know 20 trillion dollars in debt and i'm yeah. sure that's not what they really mean yeah yeah that's like so yeah. there, there's this idea of like protesting but i go I, I don't know i you know knock yourselves out you can yeah. walk around carrying you're, signs you're all allowed you to you're yeah. certainly allowed to you know i'm i would never want it to be against the law for you to do that but yeah at the end of the day are, are we moving the needle here even no. i mean at some point maybe in you know 1770 yeah, protests might have been a good thing. You know, people don't really know what's going on. You know, information doesn't travel as fast as it does now. And so you you stand and you yell and you got your little sign and you're on your soapbox. And yeah, you, people listen and you get it out there. Okay, you get that message out there and it kind of permeates and it goes person to person. We don't need that anymore. No. We got we got the internet now. We can do that. You, you, you're better off going grassroots and actually going out there and not protesting, but trying to actually accomplish something. You know, besides yeah. just going with your sign and and yelling and screaming and doing all this stuff. And it's like, it's like I look back on like like the women's march. You know, when you know, after right after Trump got yeah. elected, and it's like, what what were, what were we doing here? What yeah. was what what, what, were, what are we going for? And not to mention, what, what what was the common message? Like I mean, even when you watch the protests, like everybody had their own sign with their own message, and yeah. you're like. I don't know. I think we should have a day when we all protest. We should just all walk around with a sign, just with we, like. What if we protested keywords. protests? I like that. Uh, anti, I'm going to do a sit-in. I think that's what we're doing now. This is a it's a sit-in protest. <laughs> sit-in protest. Yeah. We will not stand for these protests anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not standing. Yeah, just definitely will not general. stand. I'm not going to take a knee, but yeah. I will not stand. <laughs> Taking a knee is uncomfortable, but. Uh. Yeah, it's uh that one was a that one was a big one for me too. Like I actually popped down and saw was and I love this one. This is one of my favorite signs I see down there. <laughs> Women's rights are human rights. I love that sign. I'm like Wow. I'm like, yeah, uh, I I agree. Uh 
so what's up with the sign? I think yeah. we're all pretty much in agreement on this one, you know? Yeah. I actually, it'd be fun to actually argue that and just kind of, <laughs> I mean, you try, you have, I mean, you have to work really hard to wait, wait, wait a second. Are you trying to tell me that women are humans? Like yeah, yeah. since when? Like equal to a man, the, ex- <laughs> the exact same. Like, uh, yeah. You're like, yeah, that's, that's great. Let's make a straw man. Like, cause the, uh, the, the, <laughs> We'll find one or two people in America who actually, you know, this is a new concept to them, right? Yeah. Then, then we'll just make sure we apply that to all men. Yeah, a bunch of slack-jawed yokels who yeah. beat the shit out of their wife just because... Yeah, that's the whole Charlottesville thing. I, You know, I had a few Facebook friends that got really angry with me <laughs> because I... It's not that I, difficult these days. I know it's not very difficult. It's uh, If you post an opinion that's 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 anywhere... I actually consider myself mostly a centrist, but yeah. uh, nowadays, if if you are a centrist, that that's that's you're 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 lumped in with far right. There's, yeah, you're there's, all right now. Yeah, there's no there's no getting away from it. I'm like, <laughs> yep. really? You're I, either I, with us or you're against us? Yeah, I I totally see myself like back in the '60s. I would have been a classic liberal. Like yeah. I I hate the idea of the man, you know, telling me what to do. Yeah. But nowadays, you're like, no, the the man is like that's a that's like a. a a far left dream, right, is to want to be the man in control, right, of this yeah. like massive political establishment that can tell everybody what to do. Yeah, and like, what do we can and can't say. You know, the old classic liberal would have hated you, yeah. like far left. Like, yeah, I don't even think you should be able to even use the word liberal in your in your title anymore. Yeah. It's like, well, and that's uh, and that's why I had to give up on you know considering myself a liberal because I did when I was younger. I definitely did, but it's like the party has just been taken over by radicals and you're right. It's like, you feel like a centrist. I feel like a centrist too. I mean, uh, people listen to me and people see what I post and stuff and they think, Oh, I'm a, again, they think I'm a right wing nut, but I feel like I'm a centrist. The problem is the the spectrum has been so skewed in the last year. I mean, we had a, we had an open, an open socialist almost win the nomination for the democratic party, you know? And so that just shows like just to be in the center now, Oh God, we gotta go. We gotta go to the right. We gotta keep going here. Jeez. Just to be in the middle at this point, you know? I know. That's why I think we need a new group. Which it's like the radical middle, mm-hmm. like <laughs> because the middle, it's hard being in the middle because you know, like you never get, you're, you're treated like you're wishy washy, like yeah. you like you haven't made up your mind. Like no, no, I I have I really passionately care, like believe yeah, what I believe. Yeah. It's just not on either end of the spectrum. I mm-hmm. like can't both of you like like step this way a little bit. Like, yeah. do you guys not see where the gray area here yeah. is? You know. It's, it's yeah. also why I mean we focus so much on the um, like the identity politics, but even then it's the personality politics that drive me nuts. Like people go, "Well, how could you vote for Trump? Look at what Trump said. Look yeah. at this thing about what Trump said." I'm like, "Okay, even if I agree with you and I don't like Trump, well, I don't want to be a socialist, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right?" But, but the conclusion, my door and taking my shit. Yeah, the conclusion isn't like, "Wow, you're right. Trump's not a good guy." Well, I guess I guess I'll vote socialism. Yeah. Like, no, like you got to give like I you can't promote like this one thing of like, "Don't you like this personality?" Well, yeah. you know, I you know, Bernie could be the nicest guy in the world. You know, I, you know, I'd love to have him over for Thanksgiving, be good friends, go out to a beer with him. Mm-hmm. But the moment he starts promoting was, socialism, right. It was cooked to perfection <laughs> with mashed potatoes. Well, wonderful. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's, yeah. it's, uh, and again, you know, I get accused a lot of times too of like being a Trump supporter just because I won't openly dog him for some stuff that I don't think he deserves yeah. getting some flack for, you know, I'm immediately a Trump supporter when it's like, dude, I didn't vote for the guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, am I happier he's in than Hillary? Yeah, obviously, but I didn't vote for the guy. 
You know, and why? But just because I'm not willing to get on your bandwagon and you know grab my pitchfork and light up my torch, just because yeah. I'm not willing to do that, like now I'm a supporter of him. No, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to I'm going to point out the stuff that he does that I don't like, and I'm going to support him on the stuff that he does that I do like. I I, I think the identity politics will eventually it's going to result in a backlash. I think we're starting to see the beginnings of it because. You can only so much go to someone and you go, hey, you know what? We're binding together all the people of this one nationality or all the one people of this one race or mm. all people who, uh, you know, all people who suffer from this one illness. And we're, we're going to say we're going to collectively vote for you um, or we're going to collectively push your issues. Well, you're seeing what happens when suddenly somebody who who is of that identity group suddenly goes, yeah, but I don't think the way that you think. And you see what happens to people from that group who, who like want to vote differently or mm-hmm. believe that there's a different way. They get like attacked. Oh, they, they, get, get, they get it worse than anybody. They, yeah. Like that's the, the they're the looked people, at as a traitor. Yeah. The people who get it worse are if you belong to an identity group, but you don't fall in line. Mm-hmm. And then you just think about that. Doesn't that sound like the most like you came in the name of empowering them? Like, we want to empower you and support you, but you must do things exactly the way I see it. Mm-hmm. Really, you're not coming with an empowering message. You're coming with something that's like diminishment. Yeah. Like, you're coming to them to actually tell them that they have to view things the way that you see them. Yeah. I then actually look and go, you're actually pretty nefarious. Yeah. It's not, it's, that's, you're not coming with a good message of one of freedom. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, it's kind of a, um, I don't know. You're, you're 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 pushing them into some kind of servitude. Yeah, and that's why I think eventually when they go, wait a second, for you say that you want to fight for me and stick up for me, but then I have to do things exactly the way that you see them. I think at some point they're going to snap to that and go, Yeah, are you really sticking up for me? Or? Yeah, it doesn't really actually feel like you you want me to have the right to choose. Yeah, you just want me to be an automaton robot who uh, mm-hmm. who, who goes along with the plan. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh these days it's tricky being a conservative, being openly conservative, you know, or even libertarian, you know, it kind of yeah. all falls in the same boat again. Yeah. It's it's, you know, if you're not with them, you're one of the enemies. But uh tricky is putting it lightly. Yeah. It is. It is, but you you try to do that as a black man? Oh yeah. Holy cow. That is a whole nother element. Oh yeah. And I got a lot of respect for anybody who can be a Republican who is a black man. Yeah. Because you're going to hear it. And like you said, uh, when it comes to Thanksgiving, you're going to really hear it. Okay. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be lambasted yeah. just as good as that turkey, you know, for your views, for the way that you think. And so I got a lot of respect for anybody who can be a black man and is still openly conservative because that's not easy to do. And yeah. again, yeah, it, once you're on... You're supposed to be on our victimhood team. You're supposed to be a victim of this, uh, you know, um, systemic racism in this government. Why? Why do you want free market and all? That? You're supposed to be with us. You're not supposed to like capitalism. Like you're, you're Benedict Arnold at that point. Yeah. You know, and you get called Uncle Tom, all the kind of stuff. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's a lot of times we go that the the most victimized group is the white male, and I actually think that that's the second most. Right, but I think the what you said right is anybody who gets marked as belonging to an identity group mm-hmm. who steps out of line yeah. with the majority, yeah, like that is by far the most maligned group. And I don't it doesn't matter whether that's you you claim to be like that you're a homosexual, right? But then you step out and you go, no, but I'm not I'm not buying in with the 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 far left views of how I'm supposed to vote. Mm-hmm. Like, look what happened to Milo Yiannopoulos, like perfect example that that you know he came out right. He was 
demonized from the very beginning, mm-hmm. like for having for having any kind of views that that step outside of the ordinary. Right? Yeah. Of course, he does like being a troll, so it goes it goes along with yeah, the, the territory. Yeah, he, play, he plays into it, no question. Yeah, but yeah. It's like what's because I didn't to pick or decide to be on your team, you know, because you put me into my little category here of you know where my victimhood status is. Like, it's so ridiculous. And again, it just. It's like it's breaking it's it's the divisiveness. It's breaking everybody down, putting everybody in their specific little group or whatever. And it comes back to now we can't just look at each other at the end of the day as just Americans, you know? Yeah. And it is just a common human beings, you know. It's like everybody's got to have their little category and their little sub everybody's got to be defined. Uh, it's just it's just madness, you know. It's like you guys want equality, but then you want all this different stuff broken down, this, that, he, she, they, zers, all it's like, oh God, you guys. Well, I actually I'm 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 curious to see where this this Hollywood implosion is going to lead us. Because like the, if you want to talk about a group that's been, you know, on their virtue signaling soapbox oh my God. for like for decades now of telling the rest of us like how we're supposed to live life and view the world. Mm-hmm. Now you're suddenly watching basically by the day like these uh, you, you want to talk about the tearing down of statues, right? How about the tearing down of the statues when it comes to Hollywood? Yeah. This is like these icons of Hollywood who've been like the like the bedrock for this industry or day by day coming down to find out that man, they're they're like the lowest of the low. Yeah. Um you right now like I yeah, I don't know when this is going to end. Cuz like it's it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. There's yeah. going to be a lot more names to come out and yeah, you're going to hear about stuff. And yeah, it's so funny because yeah, they're, they're the ones that do it more than anybody, you know, and they have this holier than thou tone all the time when they go about it, you know, I mean, for me, there's nothing better than seeing the clip of George Clooney say Donald Trump will never be president <laughs> in his most smug of smug faces Oh, it's it. I can just I can watch that over and over <laughs> and over. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, it, you're right. It is. It's an implosion right now. I mean, and it's it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Yeah. Well, at, at the bare minimum, even while they're going through the implosion, right? In terms of the value of their voice and opinion on uh, politics, right? This is it's kind of forced them back into their lane for a little bit, mm-hmm. which is, hey, you know what? Instead of uh, becoming the uh, political leaders telling us how to vote. Um, I think you're going to be busy cleaning up your own house for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And aside, maybe as opposed to telling us how to live our lives and telling us how to be, uh, maybe you guys just focus on pretending to be other people like your job entails. All right. Just focus on that. Don't tell me how to act. Don't tell me how to be just, just, just do your guys' thing. And, and it, and it kills me too. Cause like you said, they're the biggest virtue signals. You got people like, you know, get people like Ashley Judd who was, Speaking at the Women's March, you know, had yeah. some just crazy, uh, you know, I, I hate to use this term, but uh, toxic femininity, you know, just spewing out of her mouth on stage. And then she comes out, you know, against Harvey Weinstein and, you know, because she's part of the Me Too movement. And it's like, OK, well, Ashley, how long ago did this happen? Is this like 10 years ago, 12 years ago? How long has your uh, career been secure? You know, how many girls has this guy jerked off in front of since you got, since he did whatever he did to you? Like, you're not a hero to me. You're not a hero. You're just, you're almost as complicit for not coming to the, I mean, I'm sorry. That's a tough thing to do. You know, again, especially when you're a new actress or whatever. But at the end of the day, you guys are all complicit in this. You know, you're a part of it. The, uh, the remaining quiet for so long. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah. who, how many girls could you have helped by coming out and exposing this problem earlier? I mean, yeah, you, you didn't think it was going to be good for your career. I get that. I get that. And that's a tricky spot to be in. But Ashley Judd, you've been, you've been okay for about 10 years now. You know, you've, you've had plenty of time to get out there and not hurt your career. So I don't want to hear it. Mm. Yeah, well, like I said, the the implosion now it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see. I know once a day I have to go out and you know just kind of Google to see yeah, uh, see, see who. who are the latest uh, <laughs> directors and actors, the stalwarts to basically. Yeah. And it was pretty funny, you know. They it was pretty funny. They uh, Kevin Spacey, you know, they tried to. You know, I, I, at first, even I mean, it even got me to be honest. Right off the bat, I was like, I "Oh, it can't, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad." And then I kind of heard more of the details. But it was funny. They tried to spin it like, "Oh, well, he's coming out. He's gay, man." So yeah. you know, yeah, don't worry about that other stuff. But he's he's gay though. So yeah. congratulations, you know. Yeah, big surprise too, right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's more than gay. He's uh, he's more than gay. <laughs> yeah, but I think if, for the for some of us, I think I was like. Wait, he hadn't come out. I, I, I'm sorry, I, just, I, I don't really keep up on yeah. who's out or that. But I was like, oh, I just thought that was common knowledge. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Was- and again, coming back to them being complicit, there was a uh, Family Guy. They had an episode where uh, Stewie's running around naked or whatever, and he makes yeah. this comment. And he talks about being trapped in Kevin Spacey's dungeon. You know, and this was like seven or eight years ago, like, so like early, <laughs> early on in the show. So it's like, dude, you guys all knew this. Yeah. Was so going what on. other stories are you know? Circulating exactly, whispering behind the yeah. ears. That just means that just tells you like the, it's just the beginning. And then what? Well, you hear the Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. Oh yeah. Really? Now yeah, with like a seventeen-year-old girl on the set, like that he was doing all kinds of stuff and more allegations coming. Like that's where I think that you're going to start seeing the big pillars. Yeah. Like the names who you start hearing, where you're like, oh my gosh. So at this point. I think everybody's kind of like if you're in Hollywood, like everyone's probably you know so they're just keeping their head low, yeah. Because you're like trying to stay off the radar, yeah. Because now, honestly, if it's each one of us, you'd be kind of going through your life, going, okay, wait, okay, um, what are all the things I've said? And yeah. did, did that joke go sideways? And yeah, yeah, you're just going like, like, please, yeah, like, yeah. None of us really get held up to the rigors of of uh, history very well, yeah. and so, but now. Now you're just kind of waiting to see how many how many people are gonna fall out because of this. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, man, people are imperfect, you know, and we all do, you know, some kind of messed up stuff sometimes. And and yeah, with all the documentation, it'll come out. But again, this is this is what gets me though about you know the Hollywood thing and the whole NFL thing. You know, it's like yeah. you it's like these guys, you guys want to lecture me about violence. Like you guys want to talk to me about violence? Like, look at the rap sheet. Look at the active rap sheet for NFL players. You know, it's like there's like a hundred active open cases right now. Most of them are assault, battery, violent, domestic violence. You know, all the shit. Like, you guys want to sit here and lecture me about violence? How about you go clean up your own house, okay, and take care of your shit, and then maybe we'll come back and we'll talk later, right? Don't don't lecture me about violence. You guys are the most violent segment of our population, all right? I'm not really sure a dialogue is what people are wanting because a dialogue actually implies there's the dia, which means two. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. mean that means both sides are actually speaking. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're really. People are looking for just platforms to give one sided, mm-hmm. one sided. We're being lectured to, and, and yeah. like you said, everybody's everybody's tired of it. Yeah, we're we're tired of it. So I actually feel like that's um, it's it's it, it's counterproductive at this point. When people want to go, everyone was surprised that Trump got elected, and it's only surprised because I I feel like the most endangering thing to those with left views is the fact that they won the culture war. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and you know, there's there's. Uh, 
when you dominate television and movies and music and the news and newspapers, like you get really used to the fact that there's kind of like a one-sided nonstop um, view of the world. Yeah. And the the reality is the people who identify with being far left only make up 25% of this country. Yeah. But they, they dominate like the major, all the talking points, they dominate the culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy. Like if you, if your views align with the far left to believe that that is the common standard view. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, well, that's the norm. That's the norm. And that's Mm -hmm. the people who I work with, the people who I see every day. That's what I hear in the news. It's what I read in the newspaper. We all share the same opinion. Yeah. And then you get really, really shocked and surprised when suddenly elections happen. Mm hmm. And elections happen, and then suddenly you realize, oh, wait, I, I just assumed that most of the people thought even like Hillary I thought. Clinton was caught off guard. Yeah, even even the biggest person in the whole scheme, she was caught off guard. They they love even doing their own metrics to go. I'm I'm going to skew the numbers to like. Uh, uh, there is this idea of like, if I just don't talk about it. If we never give credence to the other side, maybe they'll just get so frustrated and discouraged that they'll won't show up. They'll just and give up. Yeah, there's some truth up. to it, but it's the problem is they've kind of reached a saturation point of people are so inundated. Like if you're if you're a centrist or of the right, like you know the left opinion because you hear it every day, nonstop. Yeah. I mean. You know what the viewpoint is on every topic because you can't you can't go to a movie without hearing about it. You yeah. can't watch a TV show without hearing about it. You can't listen to music. You can't watch, you know, you can't watch television. You can't. Yeah, it's everywhere. Yeah, everybody. You, you hear it nonstop. So you're like, well, yeah, I, I know that opinion. I know your perspective really well. Now I disagree with you. Yeah. But and at some point you get people get to that point of going, you know what? There's almost something disrespectful by the fact that you won't shut up. Mm-hmm. Like. That you think that somehow that you have a right to like stand at the foot of my bed with your protest sign, yeah. like screaming your views at me until I until I change my mind. Yeah, when you don't understand, like I've actually spent a lot of time forming my views and opinions, and they're yeah. they're I've done some research, and that's and that's what pisses me off about a lot yeah. of these people who you know you, where it's clear they're just virtue signaling. Yeah, you know I'll have de- I'll have debates, I'll have discussions with them, I'll bring actual statistics up, you know that I've done research on. These people have nothing. They have feelings. They have emotions. They have, you know, again, their morals, which have been completely convoluted at this point. And at the when I see that, all I can think to myself is, you don't really care. You don't really care about this. You just care about looking good, about, you know, putting up a good facade. You don't really give a shit about this. You know, I see people talk... Oh, it's uh, it's it's open season on black kids in the streets, and I'm like, holy, sh- holy shit, this is is this is this serious? This is going on? I'm like, oh, type it in my computer, look, and I look it up because I'm like, is is that really the the case? Is that really like, the case? I, I, yeah. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look into. It. I mean, I gotta find. I'm gonna have to do something about this if this is the case, you know. And then you go look at the numbers. You're like, oh, this is this is all made up. This is yeah. this is nothing. They've taken almost every single case and blown it up and made it the only thing that's been talked about. And now we think this handful of incidents across a country of 320 million people is now endemic of a bigger problem that yeah. is not happening. But but people actually think that though. They you know there's people that think that black people like have to leave their house every day and they're like. <laughs> Looking around, making sure there's no police around, you know, like like yeah. people are chasing them down. Some redneck in a truck is Woo! going to get them dockies, you know. It's like yeah. 
you guys, you, you don't talk to anybody. And this is why you think this is actually real life. This is yeah. not real life. If I would agree with you if that was actually going on, but none of that is going on. Oh, yeah. That's why the, the media gets so excited when there's actually like pure racial violence. <laughs> like, oh, God, eat it up. Oh, my God. It's like they're looking for it. It's like, honestly, one of the most telling views for me with even Charlotte's view is when somebody took a photo, like not, you know, they had like, you know, they had what they had, uh, that Antifa right next to the, uh, the Nazi, uh, you know, protesters, right? Well, this was some, it kind of changed my perspective a little bit. So the people who were trying to build the Nazi protests, they, they were doing a national campaign for about six months to like raise awareness, get people to show up. They got what? I think 200 people. (laughs) Right, I have a country of 350 million. Yeah, they got yeah. 200 million. For perspective, and I, I, I wish I could credit who I heard this from, but for perspective, that same weekend there was a Brony Con, mm-hmm. and I got 7,000 people <laughs> to show up. <laughs> All right, so like, and yet. They they showed this view of like them, sh- you know, all the there were more media members there shoving their cameras in the faces of these Nazis yeah, yeah. in order to give this platform. Yeah, and everyone in, in the days we're talking about, like, oh wow, the Nazis. The the reason this is like a bad thing, right, is because it wasn't because we actually cared about stopping these two hundred people. These two hundred people, they had no resources, they have no money, they're not making any inroads yeah. in like yeah. policy or again, they're just politics. protesting, like we said earlier, and yeah, it's not gonna move the needle. Yes. You know? the, yeah. Then all of a sudden we throw a bunch of cameras in their face and then we start going and then what happened within a day or two is you take the views of those two hundred people and then you try to apply them to anybody who's center so or right or center country. Yeah. yeah. And then you're ba- and that's really what the purpose was in the mm-hmm. beginning was you didn't really care about stopping 200 people because you don't actually see them as a threat. Yeah. What you really wanted to do was take their views and you wanted to malign a hundred million people yeah. with the views of those 200. And most of the problem is most people who are right or right of center, they go, I have nothing in common with a Nazi. Yeah. I, we, we don't share any of the same views. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm, I'm pretty sick and tired and insulted of having to hear nonstop about why we are the same yeah, or that we share the same view or that I need to denounce what they say. Like why, why don't I, I have no connection with them. I have no association with them. Yeah. We don't view the same thing. And by the way, Trump doesn't need those 200 people to get elected. Yeah, that that was not why he got elected. And yeah. quit, that's, oh, but white supremacy now is systemic in this. It's like, you guys, you can't, you can't sit and take this little, tiny sliver again you're saying 200 people like there was there was probably more anti-protesters at that thing than there there, was than there were those guys there's definitely more media and and you know (laughs) those obviously those obviously aren't good dudes you know i'm I'm not going to say that every single one of those was an evil terrible person i don't know i wasn't there yeah but a good amount of those probably weren't good dudes again 200 guys and did they did they come for a fight even really did they come to actually cause any violence? You know, I think more than anything, they knew that there was going to be some backlash. I think they knew that. And they think they knew that things would happen. But did they come for any actual violence? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. You know, the one crazy guy hit some people in a car, which a lot of sketchy things going on with that situation. I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not convinced that we know everything. Well, we obviously don't know everything that was going on there, you know. But uh, these guys didn't come for a fight, though. You know, they came to hold their signs. They came to shout. And, and again, yeah, you like you said, you put cameras right in their face. And now you've made this visible to everybody. And you've now said that this is how half of America is. This is how they feel. Yeah. And it's insane, you know. And, and I'm sick of people telling me 
how I feel or how I should think. Like, d- like don't tell me that's okay. You don't get to take my actions and, and put your story behind them and then call me a white supremacist and a racist because of it. All right. Yeah. You know, like everybody wants to spin the narrative of other people and it's, I'm, I'm sick of it. You know, who are these people that want to tell other people how they can talk? You know, that's what I, some of my really liberal friends, this is what kills me about them. Like, they talk about like cultural appropriation and all this kind of stuff, yeah. you know, and they post these ads about, you know, white girls at Coachella. It, please stop doing your hair in dreads. Okay. This is culture. <laughs> it's like, what kind of world do you want to live in where you tell people what kind of hairstyles they can and can't have? What no. kind of terrible world is that that you want to live in? Why do you want to be a part of that? I don't understand that at all. It's hairstyles. Also, it's, it's how they're doing their hair. We're the melting pot. Like it's it's almost like we're fighting what we already are, which is every generation that we live in America, you have less and less racial identity. Yeah. Like in other words, like every generation, we have more more races that are splitting into it. Like we're fighting really really hard to try to hold on to whatever place our ancestors might have come from. Yeah. Like it's like what if we just decided at some point we just go. It's at some point you're going to have to stop caring. Like we're we're probably two generations away from being able to go. Well, what race are you mostly? And you're like, I'm mostly every race. <laughs> like I have every race is in my it's, background now. It's gonna it's gonna be. And you're, yeah, you're gonna be like ah, you know, that's a lot of stuff to be honest. I'm a you mutt. Know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's kind of what I tell people just because I don't know my yeah. exact heritage, my exact lineage. You know, I'm like ah, I'm just kind of a mud, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, blah blah blah. But I mean, yeah, that's what we're getting to. And again, with these people that just think this country is so terrible and so racist and so evil and all this stuff i just want to say to them where where can you find a more open and tolerant country out there yeah. where are you gonna find They're it? not there huh? saudi, saudi yeah. arabia <laughs> egypt uh turkey huh yeah. where tell me where we can find a more open and tolerant country okay i went to the gym the other day i'm in the hot tub with like seven different people and i'm looking around i'm the only white guy I'm the only white guy. There's like two Russian chicks, a couple of Asian girls, a black guy. Uh, and, and, you know, hey, I don't give a shit. I mean, they're, as long as they're good people, that's all I can. And they're living the American dream and the American lifestyle. I don't care. But I'm you, looking You're around, literally like, in the melting pot. Exactly. I'm like the minority <laughs> here. And it's like, and where do you guys, where are you going to get that anywhere else in the world, you guys? Where? Yeah. Tell me where. Like, you guys hold, uh, you try to hold us up to this standard of this utopian uh, super world or country that doesn't even exist. It doesn't even exist anywhere, and it'll never exist because it's too far-fetched. I know. I just, I I feel like the more we're we're promoting the, the differences... I know. It's, I, I feel like I have people telling me all the time how much it matters to me, and I go, it really doesn't. Like, no, <laughs> that's that's the honest truth. Of, like for any of my liberal friends, that they have a hard time just going, like, you know what? Like when I go to vote for somebody, like I honestly could care less if they're male or female. Yeah. I honestly care less with this, this, the color of their skin are. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, if you if you tell me that you, you you have the same principles as me, that's all I really care about. Yeah, and, and I can think back to everybody who, who I voted for. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like that's probably eighty to ninety percent of people. Yeah, regardless of the aisle, it's it's a, it should be a meritocracy. Yes. Who's got the best ideas? Who's got the best plan? What do you got for me? You know, and I heard this on NPR the other day. And again, we talked we, we talked earlier about how, you know, a lot of liberals they don't even listen to anybody else's opinion. I, I I'm I, I consider myself if I have to put myself in a box, I don't like to do that, but I, I go pretty libertarian all in all. Yeah. But um, 
you know, I'll, I'll listen to NPR. I'll watch CNN. It's like I, I'm I'm okay to listen to your guys' stuff. I don't, you know, it bolsters my opinion and it makes me, you know, realize how right I am on a lot of this stuff. But it's like you guys don't even want to have that dialogue. You know, the, the the dialogue's not even there with you guys. And again, you just you don't you don't even realize what's going on. And you know, again, these are the people that want to tell. Oh, you need to have empathy. Okay, well, how about you have a little empathy for some intellectual diversity? Okay, like like you you guys are the ones that are bringing up race all the time. I didn't I didn't bring this up. Okay, I don't give a shit. Again, if you're a good hardworking person, I mean, for my work, I service a lot of convenience stores, and a lot of these owners are. Indian, a lot of them are Korean, a lot of them, you know, from some of them from Africa. And it's like, I don't care. Good. These people are all, they're hardworking. They came here, they wanted to start a business, they took some risk, and because they want to live the American lifestyle. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. And yeah, like, why do you guys always got to get so involved on race and everything? Like, why do you guys get so wrapped up on it? Who cares? It's like, it should come down to being a good person or not. It shouldn't, all that other stuff. We've decided in this country that all that other stuff doesn't matter, and it just comes down to whether you're a good person or not. Yeah. Well, but I don't know. It's uh, it's we're getting a little long in the tooth here, but uh, we should probably have to sing up. This is this has been a pleasure, though, man. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, at least um, we we didn't bring our signs, you know, but we, at least we sat. We had our protest here. It's a nice sit-in. Yeah, it, it, it was a good sit-in. You know, that's the way to protest, if you ask me. You know, it's yeah. a little less work, but you're still getting out there. Yeah, I've been doing scene. it for most of my life, but it's nice to finally put a name to it. That's true. Let's see, yeah. Uh, now you know how to finally categorize yourself. Yeah. So, but yeah, let's just let's try to not be so divided, you guys. Okay, and let's come together every once in a while for the silly things like the song and putting your hand over your heart and all that kind of stuff. And at some point we got to just be able to, at the end of the day with all the bickering and all the griping, just say, listen, you know, we're all Americans. Okay. And we're all human beings and we're all people that deserve to be treated with respect regardless of what we think. So just try to, don't let them tear you down. You guys, uh, you know, just listen to the goddamn song. It's, 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 you know, it brings a tear to your eyes sometimes. That's right. Preach it. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate it. Another episode of You're Full in the Emerald City, number 96 I, here, I believe. Uh, Seth Clemens. Seth Clemens, thank you for joining me, man. It's been a thank real big you. pleasure. We're going to have to get you on again. Um, yeah. You didn't even really say anything embarrassing. You know, I thought I was going to no, get really? you. No, really? I thought I was going to get you with a gotcha, you know, where we can slice and oh. dice it later on and show how much of a racist you are. But uh, if you work hard enough at it. Yeah. Well, we'll go through it a couple of times. Let's go to we'll religion see. next time. Yeah. And oh, we'll okay. It. All okay. right. That's good. We'll have that for next time. So, but yeah, thank you for coming out and uh, thank you guys for joining us too. We appreciate it on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed this and uh, we will talk with you guys next week. <laughs>